All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Video Game Purist. This will be VGP episode 25. We didn't plan anything special, and that's just fine. You get us. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today, as always, from the... Well, I was going to say from across the pond. No, you're just actually over on the coast, the East Mm -hmm. Coast. Mm -hmm. Mr. Trees. 25 was... I remember... I remember saying this in retrospect a few years ago that t- when I was 25 or 26 might have been the funnest time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think, My wanted, mid-20s were say, the shit. Yeah, people say when, when you know, not, not that life is bad now or nothing, but people say when did you, what did you, you know, when did you enjoy the most? What age? And I always say like 25 to 27, I was like living the dream. Mm-hmm. Like as, as far as just a carefree single fella in a nice apartment, nice job. Like I still have all the same stuff. I'm just saying at that age. Oh no, yeah. I can totally playing reflect. My, playing my Xbox. Uh, mm-hmm. We... Morning hours. Oh, if you'll you'll allow me to paint a quick picture. I'm thinking of 25 right now. I was in downtown Chicago. I think I was managing the Radio Shack. Assistant managing, actually. Mm -hmm. The manager would be very mad to hear me say I was was managing. I was assistant managing. Mm -hmm. And... um, I, uh, I, we had this awesome apartment, me and my best friend, uh, Ronnie, Veronica, um, her and I got an apartment together. Um, and, uh, we found this awesome little place at, uh, Ashland and Irving park. Yes, it still stands. If you live in the city today, no, I'm sure the rent is not as awesome as it was. Cause I think we paid like 900 or a thousand bucks a month for a two bedroom apartment in Chicago. Might have been twelve hundred, but I don't think it was that much, and that was like unheard of. And mm. um, we were on kind of the north west side. Anyway, people know it, Ashland and Irving Park. Anyway, um, and um, it was, but it was we were amidst a bunch of big, expensive houses, and it was just like a little box apartment building. It had four apartments, and we were one of them. And uh, I remember just living there with her. She had a boyfriend who was pretty cool. She got along with my girlfriend. And uh, my girlfriend was a club DJ. It was it was not oh. my, my wife now, but yeah, Diana. She was a club DJ. And she loved to... Uh, basically, what she loved to do was wake uh-huh. up in the morning, go out on the back porch, smoke weed, uh-huh. then usually chase that with a cigarette, which seems like much. I'd usually throw a, a cigarette or a, a cup of coffee in first. Um, I uh-huh. did not smoke weed, but she did. And then she would usually come in and play about two hours of Munch's Odyssey. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. And then Veronica would usually kick her off to binge watch an episode or five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which she was ritualistically re-watching since she had just gained my DVD collection to watch. And I remember just sitting around and doing nothing, just hanging with these girls and just talking and whatever. And then eventually Veronica's boyfriend would show up and then we just kind of hang out. And then we probably all go out to dinner to like a sushi place and then end up at Club Neo, which was this great industrial uh, place that was at like, was it like Clark and Wellington, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, or Fullerton and Clark. It was ish. 
around those areas. I know you go to Chicago all the time, so you know exactly what I'm talking oh, yeah, about. But yeah, those yeah. that know where Club Neo is, it was this great goth industrial club. We party there till like midnight, come home, pass out, do it all over mm. again. And that was like a Tuesday. That Oh, yeah. so good. Fucking good loved it. Fucking loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed my 20s a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, it was you know. it was good. Like, I couldn't do it forever, but it was this, no. just this great, like, right, three to five years of just, like, yeah, yeah. you doing you. That's what you should be doing in your 20s. Yes, yes, absolutely. Plus, you know, you just can't get crazy. Unfortunately, during that time, I had friends that did what I did, but they kind of didn't let the party in, like, trail off. And unfortunately... You know, mm. getting older in life, they they kept that the drinking and stuff going too too much, mm-hmm. where it affected them personally in their lives, personally to this day with drinking and stuff. Whereas me, I always was the designated driver. Mm-hmm. I always like I would drink when I got there, but I'd always stop like you know hour and a half before. Keep yourself in check. Yeah, I left. Um, so I was, I was always, because I also worked, right? So I worked mm-hmm. nights back then. Uh, so I was also responsible. But because I started at the, the post office when I was 19, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of people my age, uh, young, you know, at that time, I never had a roommate in my life. Whereas most of my mm-hmm. friends, had, if they had an apartment, they had roommates, right? To make mm-hmm. it work. But I was very fortunate to have a pretty good job, in, you know, and so I always had my own apartments. I always had, I didn't have to have like a beater car held together with Bondo and duct tape. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, always yeah, had yeah. Like, I didn't have a fancy car. I had like a Camry, but it was, car. A new, it was a new Camry, you know? Yeah. It was a, so, yeah. And I was also fortunate enough that at that age, I, I, I bounced around a lot, but two of my main apartments that I lived in, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so we're talking, uh, Late nineties, right? Because I think okay. I was in my first apartment when the year two thousand came. Because everybody thought the world was going to stop at midnight. Um, so that's the time frame. So at that time, I had my apartment for like six fifty with everything included. Nice. And even back then, that was like, oh shit. That's what is no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, even with an. I started. I, I started apartment living around the year two thousand, but not in downtown Chicago. I was in the suburbs, right. and that's still nice. So, luckily, I, I had a little money. Uh, I had a nice apartment. I had a nice car. Uh, I had a pretty good job, and I, because I worked nights, I was a night owl. So even on my nights off. I could yes. like sit up and game like all night oh, long. Working overnight in the ED was drink. awesome. Yeah, because I could. And if you know, if Chicago is anything like Boston and Providence, Rhode Island, it's like no matter what night you have off, I don't care if it's a Tuesday and a Thursday, it is some club's night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every any night of the week, oh, yeah. some club that's their night. Tuesday so, was karaoke night at Guacamole Grill. I'll never forget always that. <laughs> yeah. So we, we always, uh, you know, we always were out. Um, and I'm very fortunate. I never got in any big trouble. Mm-hmm. Same here. During, back there, like partying yep. and being out drinking and stuff. So very fortunate. Good time. My point is episode 25, relating that back to my age when I was 25, 26, 27. Good times. So anybody out there. Uh, live it up. Live it up in your twenties. I do have live, to. Ref- I do have to say. I have to reflect that that night owl stuff and mm-hmm. uh, 
that yeah, that was always awesome. I remember because uh, I worked. I think I had like, I think I was Wednesday, Friday, Saturday were my three shifts in the ED. I want to say that's what they were. They might have been Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Which a lot of people, when you grow up, <laughs> when you become, when you adulting, that sucks because you. Uh, you basically are on for 12, off for 12, on for 12, off for 12. It's, it's, it's just, you can't do anything back to back. But when you're, when you're younger, I think I was 25 when I was working in the Kansas City KU Med ED. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic because on Friday night you'd go out and because I had to work the next day, like I, I didn't, yeah, usually drink or anything, but I would go to the parties and hang with people, right? And uh, maybe have a couple drinks or something. But yeah, you couldn't drink too much. And because I didn't go to bed till like nine in the morning, like I could always close down a party, drive people home who had had too much or who just weren't making good decisions and stuff like that. I, I used to love that, that weird time period trees. I don't know if you experienced this because I don't know when you worked nights when you specifically went to bed. But there was always that weird time period between like 3 a.m. and like 7, 8 a.m., Mm-hmm. It's just a time that almost no one's awake. It's right. a little too late for the people who were partying, and it's a little mm-hmm. too early for the people who go to work. Sure, there are some people who get up that early and go to work, but for a majority of people, that's kind of like the no man's land time. That was like the best time to go mm-hmm. get Taco Bell or like be just out yeah. driving and, and, and getting people home and stuff. And, and as a night shift worker, you had to be very careful not to fall asleep during those hours because you'd fuck oh, up yeah. your whole day. Yeah. You'd have to at least drag your ass to 6 a.m. Yeah. Sleep. Honestly. Cause, cause you did, yeah, because you're talking about the uh, you fall asleep too early and then you wake yeah. up and it's sometime between like noon and three and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, not even that. That I'm talking 2 a.m. you accidentally fall asleep. Oh. Sleep all night, you get a good night's sleep. Because yeah, you wake up at like and you wake 10, up at 11. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, I'm you're awake and uh, yeah. there's no way I'm even going to take a nap before. You got to nearly pull a 24 hour. Yeah, it you sucks. do. Uh, yeah. So, and people used to ask me all the time, like, oh, you get used to it. I, I said, I worked the night shift for 20 something years. <laughs> I go, your body never gets used to it. You're no. not meant. I go, 10, 10 p.m. rolls around, even if you slept all day you could go back to bed. Your oh, body yeah. just wants to be out at night. You know what I mean? It wants to be awake during the day. Get that also, vitamin D. Also that weird sleep you get. Like I would go into, I, I'm a person who can sleep in the middle of the day with the sunlight coming in. I can't nap, but if I was truly doing like my overnight sleep, during the day, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I would sleep from like nine to five and it was the weirdest sleep because it wasn't easy to disrupt me. And I, I don't know if that's the case with you. For, with a lot of people, it's easy to disrupt them and then they're just mm-hmm. up. But for me, it that wasn't the challenge. I was fine just uh, staying up uh, or falling asleep and staying asleep. But when I would wake up, you're, you can your body's just like, okay, yeah, we slept enough and yeah, it was deep, but like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. I don't know. I, I, it was always weird going to sleep. It felt more like hibernation than sleep. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good time, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I know some of our listeners are night shifters, so shout outs to the night yeah. shifters out there. <sighs> but. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Happy 25-ish. Happy yeah, 25. happy 25. That means we've basically been doing this for half a year. Six months uh, to the dot Never. next week. Really? 
I don't think we've skipped an episode. That, Maybe we skipped one. How can that be? That I think we did right. skip one, which Maybe. wasn't a VGP. So I think we are literally at the six month mark. Hmm. Yeah. So um I uh not often, Fred, mm. uh do I pat myself on the back. Uh but once in a while I'll say something or text something that I, I'm very proud of. Yes. I'm proud of it. I stand by it, uh, and I'll pat myself on the back. And that that happened yesterday to me. Oh, when, um, our buddy, our, and I know he listens, so he'll get a kick out of this because he likes to hear himself talk as much as I do, and uh, he like he likes his name mentioned as much as I do on podcast. There you go. But, yeah. Oh, I hear you. Uh, our good buddy Los Papa Los Chef Los. Ah, yes. Elusive uh, man, whatever. The whatever, man, the dad, the chef. Monica, he goes by nowadays. So he texted me uh, yesterday, the day before, asked why, because uh, him and Rob Turbo, and I think JW, mm-hmm. remember those names? Uh, I remember I all of them. They all play Fortnite, uh, and I, I think on the Switch, I'm not sure. Um, and they've asked me before, you know, Rob's asked if I played Fortnite. Los, he, he asked me if I play Fortnite, and I told him I hate that game. I said, I hate it. And I said, uh... You know, I texted this to him. I said, I hate that game. I said, you know, I cut my teeth on PUBG, and now I play Warzone, and I just, you, I just can't go back. I can't go to that. Like, it's just too it's too much. Right. And it hates a strong word. And then uh, this is this is where I, this is where I patted myself on the back. <laughs> I said, uh, Fortnite is the PlayStation home of Battle Royale games. <laughs> <laughs> And then I sent him two gifts, one of a PlayStation Home guy dancing in a group, and then one of a Fortnite guy dancing in a there group. You go. And I dare you to tell me which game it's uh-huh, from. Uh-huh. I can't said, take the Pepsi challenge on that one. <laughs> he said that was dirty bad. <laughs> dirty. And I know it struck a chord because I texted Turbo about it today, and Turbo goes, yeah, he sent me that. He sent me You can quote me on that. That's a good one. Fortnite uh, is the PlayStation home of Battle Royale games. I like that. I don't know if it fit on a t-shirt. Uh, God, it's been like, it's been by, over 10 by. years since home. I fucking loved home. I know. We had so many, Pouring we had easy mode home. home nights. And, uh, oh, I remember. We, it went strong for maybe a month before it died out. So we did it maybe three weeks in a row. But those three weeks were magical. They were like your twenties. Oh my god! And we, you know, we we I think it was we had group pitches because you could take pitches on the you know in game pitches. And I remember at one point we had we got all of us together in the town square and we took this giant picture and we all had. Um, if you remember that, if anybody <clears> else, <throat> PlayStation Home tried to do original programming. Right? Do you remember this? So Are you talking about had, the tester? Yes fucking tester where they oh, had a bunch of people tester. and um birios who was the guy push. who did birios i don't know <laughs> all i remember is barmy everybody I, was barmy the was he a chubbier guy no barmy wore he was oh, like the original no, hipster yep, he wore yep. like the magician's outfit and he had the just the mustache i recall and yeah he was like the first one to go and we were like that's all you guys had all you guys had was Barney. <laughs> and you let him go. Important one. <laughs> it's the only thing you guys had. 
And do you remember you would gather in the PlayStation Home Movie Theater and watch it? Like it was live, like it was a live TV show. Do you yeah. remember this? And if uh, you were there, I don't know if you were in there at the time. This is when we were going hard. Well, I watched it. I watched every episode till the end. And you would get, after you watched it, you would get the t-shirt of yes. the person who yes. got kicked out. Yes. So uh, I think I've got all, them all still. We all had Barmy t-shirts on with paper bags over our head. And we were all just in the town square. And it was a big picture. It was like 13 strong. It was great. It was good times. Uh, you know, we'd go to the VI, the Sing Star VIP lounge, party all night. I even said the I even said the next morning, uh, when I woke up, I had felt like I had been out to a, like out for real, like with friends. <laughs> That's how much that affected my yeah. brain. Like I felt drained. Like I had been out. Didn't you guys go to one of those rare Sing Star lounges? Well, yeah, so Sing Star Lounge was always open. It was always like this weird nightclub. But at one point for the release of some version of the game, they opened a VIP lounge in the back. And the only way yeah. you could get in there, I forget how you could get in. It was, you, you got in there, but you had, to, the only two ways you could get in there, I remember this distinctly, was you either had, like, you either had to have been there before Mm-hmm. Or be brought there by somebody who had been there before. And it was like viral. Once someone yes. who had been there before brought you yes. there, it was on your list. Yeah. So we we could get in there and would hang out in there. And we we would see some shady, weird, fucking virtual <laughs> shit. <laughs> like people fighting. Like couples having like a fight. But their avatars... But you could see what they were typing, right? No one really used voice chat. It was very rare. Rob tried getting us to use voice chat once, and I hated it. Because <laughs> the charm of it was those stupid word bubbles above everybody's Oh, head. yeah. And with no context or like... <laughs> and I remember me and, um, I believe it was Clay too. Uh, we were standing, and it was two girls, supposedly. One was sitting in the corner of the club, like sitting on the floor. And there was another one taking a knee and the one taking a knee was comforting her because it was some sort of fight. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no. I know. I I can see the, the, and we were, me and Clay two were like just fascinated. Like we stood there just watching them. Like our avatars were standing rudely too close. Like in real life, you could never just stand over right. people and watch them talk. But we was, and then we were commenting on the 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 conversation to each other. But of course, they can see that. And finally, one of them stopped and asked, uh, "Do you mind? We're in the middle of something here." And we were just like, oh. "No, we don't mind. Keep going." Yeah. At one point, someone typed "sup." Sup. What's up, girl? Like a, mm-hmm. a third party came, like a little like. Avatar that had a backwards baseball cap. Or was it sideways? Like he was in UFC. I can't remember. But he came over and nailed down and he said, What's up? And I remember my avatar looking at Clay Dews and I typed, I said, He just said, What's up? Like he said that. He typed he typed it. Nice. And then that's when they asked us to leave. Anyways, uh PlayStation was awesome. And uh, I miss it dearly. 
they should yes. bring it back. PlayStation Five. It should be part of the because the brilliance of PlayStation Home was it was part of the PlayStation Three like home, like interface. Like you want you, you know what I mean? Like it was built mm-hmm. in. Like you just had it on your XMB. Oh no, it wasn't just built in. They constantly tried to put things on the XMB and in the store and in various places that would launch home. <laughs> like there were yes. a lot of operators. Yes, it, sometimes you would to, accidentally end up in home. <laughs> they they wanted you to launch games from home too. Yes, they did. Like, they, there they were a handful like, of games that could launch from home. They wanted you to like get like a party together in home. Like like their thing was like everybody got their own apartment and then you could buy apartments and you know me, my friend. I spent me some coin in home. You know that. You know I had multiple. I had a Tuscany home. I had... (laughs) Oh, I had some places, my friend. Um, And so the thing was they wanted you to hang out there. And, um, like, all of us like, hey, guys feel like playing Uncharted? Let's go for it. Hey, Grinch Rusman. And then you're supposed to be able to launch it right from there. Yeah, there was a Far Cry 2 one. I remember yeah. the Far Cry 2 one. So, um, so for people who didn't know, like, Home was, like, it's basically a live interactive chat room. Like, you, all you do is run around with avatars and chat. But I guess it, it would be, like, a second life. It literally second was life. second life. Yes, it was second life. And so they would open up new <laughs> You're like, yeah, worlds. <laughs> it was. It was. It is second life. But I they know, would be, like, um, so if Enchanted was coming out, or whatever Uncharted 2, they would have an Uncharted 2 area or a Resident Evil 5 area or a fucking mm. Mod Nation races, go-kart racing. You could go there and be like in the, you know, and some of the places are really fucking cool. Well, like I said, yeah, it was just like E3 uh, or like <laughs> PAX or whatever, where like certain companies went all out. Like again, yes. Far Cry 2 had like a, a broken Jeep and a Savannah, and there was a very similar setting for Uncharted 2, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'd go to other ones, right? And it was it's like There's a nothing. cardboard diorama. <laughs> And that place got that place got, and it was like beaches you'd hang out, you go to the I beach. I think there was like a Sonic one where it was literally just like Sonic just standing there as like a cardboard cutout. We like, would go they had a local Loco Roco one that was awesome because ah, yes. you know Loco Roco is like a cartoon like two D. But if you mm-hmm. went to the world they had like the Loco Roco tree that yeah. you could go into and stuff. It was amazing. Anyways, but that place was shady. Like like Home? Home was real shady. Yeah, you'd go to the motor Home had stolen. like sex chats and oh you people to trying to get you to give money. We used to we used to laugh because the motor storm. Okay, apocalypse, apocalypse one? or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made like an underground club. Yeah, and you just felt dirty when you left it. They actually had <laughs> yeah. back rooms with couches that were like just tucked away, and it reminded me of a club I used to go to in my twenties, where there was just couches. And video monitors like tucked away, and every now and again, someone would in the dark, the door and everyone and just, would just bust out. It's just shady, shady shit in there. And um, but yeah, and what was funny was, so you could. This is what I experienced. You could hang picture frames in your apartment. Yes, and you could put your own JPEGs in them, yes. loaded off of your PlayStation. Yeah. So like, my apartment had nothing but easy mode posters that I nice. made, and some Wu Tang posters. I think hanging up well, all in my like apartment. you do. Yeah. Um. So I was in the club or something one night and goofing around and, and I would always bait people by like, you know, just being funny and trying to get people. And I got invited back to a, a, a quote unquote 
girl's apartment. Who knows? With some other people. <laughs> We're always like, yeah, cool. it could have been anything. Anything. And so I loaded in there because they, they send you an invite and you follow them. So you load into their place. Yeah. So real and- quick, you mentioned load in there. And I know you kind of said it at the beginning, but we can't point out enough how because the RAM was so limited on the <laughs> PS3, everything had to load. So yes. like, again, just accidentally launching home was like, oh. Hold on, we're loading the main area. Oh, you haven't oh, been at home in like, six months. Hold on, I got a lot of yeah, downloads to do. It would load like 50 packets at once <laughs> of areas. You're like, so oh, fuck. When you would go to someone's apartment, you literally had to wait a while while it downloaded all the packets listen, of all the things that they had to build this person's place with. Listen, man, my tuxedo that had uh, gold money falling off of it, you uh-huh. think that takes a little bit of memory? That's a lot. That shit... All right. When I'm riding around my hover scooter on my tuxedo and money falls off of it. All right. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot what mine was. Mine was you. like, I feel like I had a t-shirt or something that said like slut. I had like a weird, ironic t-shirt. Yeah, they had those there. Yeah. But, um, and I remember I loaded into this apartment and there probably was like four other people in there. But whoever was there, whoever had that, they were loading naked pictures of themselves oh. onto the picture frames. There you go. Or quote unquote themselves. Who it was the original knows. OnlyFans. And I got out of there real quick. I can't imagine why. I would have stayed in there to see what else was going to load up. I'd be like, is there a website I can visit? Is there no. a subscription model for this? Or No, because my first thought went to my first thought of PlayStation Home is I don't know the age demographic. Ooh, smart. And I don't thinking. want anything. Yeah, this never up. happened to me, so I never had to think about it. But yeah. Yeah, so that's the first thing that hit me was like, yeah. nope, don't want any part of this. I don't know <laughs> if there's a six year old girl throwing these up here. Don't know. I'm leaving. And, yeah. I, and that was what that was one of my last there was that experience. And then I was running around doing something because they would have events, right? Just like all these games now like yeah, pop oh, yeah. in and get your shirt and do you remember um actually there was one event that was really cool to this day i've got it and psn doesn't really know how to handle it is they had like carnival games to celebrate playstation's i think 15th anniversary mm-hmm. and there were there were little stupid carnival games they were very easy but if you beat them you got a ps1 game unlocked on your account and there were three of them you could unlock twisted metal um uh oh what's it called um i keep wanting to say like moco roco uh jet moto jet moto sorry you can unlock twisted metal jet moto and the original wipeout those were the three games nice and uh yeah you unlocked them and to this day i've still got them um but yeah when you look on psn like they also sell those games Mm. and so it doesn't act like i own it and then when i go to re-download it it always does this i go to re-download it and um and and mind you i've never launched these games but i go to re-download them just because i'm curious and if you do it from the website which is something you can do you can like send it to your ps3 um even today it'll Mm go i can't do that function so then if you go to your uh, PlayStation itself, and you have to do this horrible like navigation of your your entire archive, which if you're like me, I have like 1,900 pieces of content. You got to go find it. And then when you go download it, the first time it goes, I can't download this, 
like a, the, the operation failed or something. But if you do it a second time, then it goes. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. But yeah, I remember those. Yeah, that. Yeah, I never. I, that, I don't know when that was. I I don't remember that. I remember. Um, yeah, that that the apartment thing, and then was, I met someone was harassing me. Mm. <laughs> Really? I went so I went to the beach to get my item or whatever, and someone in a a girl avatar, of course, was running around me and just kept text like texted me that they wanted a PSN card and if I could buy it for them, yeah, oh yeah, like, that was real much common. like the scam. Like mm-hmm. you get those emails now in your PSN inbox, mm-hmm. like what the hell? But it oh, was like I don't actually. I do. I've I only allow before. friends to message me. So. Anyways, that was happening only it was really somebody running around me and then that yeah. was kind of last time. I, and then years later, uh, before they were closing, um, I was still doing easy mode and I popped in there and it was like 4th of July weekend. Okay. And it was crazy. They had like a mascot, <laughs> Ribby the Rib. It was like- barbecue. I remember you telling me about yeah, Ribby the Rib. Yeah, it was rib. like barbecue ribs. I don't know if they were raw. I think they were raw. I don't know, but like if I could ribs. get a- I have but to had, look if I can get a Ribby the Rib t-shirt. But it had like an Uncle Sam hat on and googly eyes on it. And yep. that was like, the, it was fucked up. I don't know what was going on. And the costumes got even crazier in home. Like, there was like, like I said, people on hoverboards with unicorns flying over them with gold. Like, they just went full crazy. That's why I said Fortnite's the PlayStation <laughs> Battle Royale games. Because when I look at that shit, it just reminds me of PlayStation Home. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the closest thing I've ever seen the PlayStation Home, and I think we talked about before, is that that Three Kings Casino or whatever it is on PlayStation Four, like it's a free download. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever gone in there. No, but you did talk about yeah, it. <laughs> but it's it's literally PlayStation Home models, like of the people, and it has a chat room, not the bubbles. It has like I think I don't think it does, and it has um just bad. You want to talk about bad? interfacing because you've been places home every trigger you pulled pulled would either like make a window bigger or shrink it or open this menu or like it was terrible the places your home interface was terrible and um so is this it, it makes me think these are the places same home devs people. yeah something um so if you want to taste of that and they it's funny they give you a suite like they give you a hotel room in the street kings and i'm like sweet and you go up there it's literally apartment. There's nothing you can do in it. There's like a menu on the TV, but you can't interact with it. I'm like, oh, maybe there's games or something. On nope, you literally nope. can just you have a balcony with a fire pit. Like it's all fancy, but literally all you can do is sit on the couch. So none of it makes sense. Um, but that's the closest thing as far as costumes because I've seen like just crazy people running around in there with like dog avatars following them around and fucking. You know, flaming heads and so you know it's bananas. <laughs> I love shit like that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so you know, long story short, uh, <laughs> no, I don't play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we got that out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, it. Uh, oh, online communities. That was just a time where online was fresh. Nowadays, it's mm-hmm. like no voice chat, mute yeah. everybody, fuck off. Yep. Yep, I don't want yep. to know you. <laughs> I'm I'm hesitant to party up with people I'm playing co-op with. <laughs> mm. I'm kidding. I don't I mind, but I know. Uh, 
You done anything else? Well, actually, I don't know if we've talked about anything. Have you done yeah. anything this week? Um, nah, nothing of note. I mean, I, I, yeah. I usually I'm always doing construction. I built a wall. Nice. I've, you know, I boxed in a wall and my mm-hmm. heading down here into my basement. So I actually have power tools behind me because I never put them away. My miter saw, my my uh, pancake compressor, my nail gun. They're all still Sweet. down here. I haven't put them away. Yeah. Um, but I did. I mean, we could just segue into gaming type stuff. Anyways, we're talking about yes, because I have home. some gaming stuff to talk about um, on top of games. But yes, but um, I sent you a picture. I got my HD retrovision cables. I saw, and uh, they're f- they're fantastic, right? Like like I was worried because I know these kind of cables, such with other um, branded ones, you know, different ones, mm-hmm. it's hit or miss. Like people go, ah, you know, blah blah. But man, I popped these things on and holy shit. Now, mind you, I wasn't even, I didn't have a Genesis 2, right? I had Genesis 1. So I wasn't right. even hooked up with the um, composites. Yes, I always mess up the names. Composites. No, you're good. <laughs> I was actually hooked up to the cable screwing. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, that's what I was looking at when I played my Sega CD. My, so popping this thing on, and uh, right. you know, yeah, I the put HD on, retrovisions take the uh, RGB signal and uh, for Americans convert mm-hmm. it into component video, which is the red, green, blue. But on top of that, the Sega Genesis hands down had one of the nicest out of the box RGB outputs. Like mm-hmm. Sega knew what they were doing. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so every game I, I I was just popping in games like oh my god, like and they're again, just super sharp. Oh my god, yeah. The in the in there's no artifacts at all. Right. You know the black is black. The blue you know, there's nothing. It's it looks like like I was playing Sonic Two, mm-hmm. and it looks like one of those things you'd buy in Xbox Live Arcade, right? Like right. It, it looks like a cleaned up like a mo- like someone took the Sonic Two and. It's I love it, and then so and of course with the Sega CD, it's even better. Except that I noticed with the Sega CD on some games because mm-hmm. I tried one or two of them, um, if there's no music or anything, I can sort of hear this. Like Mild said, like hum. A, it's it's like a scratch actually, almost like mm. a cable's loose. You don't want a cable's loose and you wiggle it yeah. and you hear that sort of like yeah, a little pop, the, yeah. It kind of it doesn't do it on the Genesis, just a Sega CD, and not all games. Like I put in Dragon's Lair, and when it was quiet, you could hear it. Hmm. Or yeah, so it was a little. You know what you might be hearing is it's actually a lower. They had to do like compressed audio, mm-hmm. and um, you might either be hearing the underlying like white noise of yeah. that track. I could be or. Or it could be a conflict with um, when no audio signals being sent, like how the Sega CD exports a signal. I, I it could be either, or it yeah. could even be your crossover cable. Don't you have to have that special cable to? I do. I have a okay. adapt. It's an adapter. It's just a little. So it might even be that headset port, uh, headphone port, or wherever you plug the two cables into. Uh, it could be that. In fact, I would say that's probably your biggest culprit. But well, to fix it would be such a pain in the ass. Well, like. The HD retrovision cables, I don't, yeah, see, I don't have the, um, 
the little jack that plugs into the headphones. Like there's a port on it that you can oh, plug into yeah. the head. I just have the straight up cables right now where oh, I have the Yeah, what you need to do is back. yeah, you need to get a dual sided three and a half inch like auxiliary, auxiliary like cable. three foot uh cable that's it's like stereo three and a half inch. It's basically two headset jacks on either side. Yes, yes, yes. And you plug that from the headset jack in your Genesis one. And one into the HD retrovision. Yeah, although with the Sega C D I think what you need to do instead is you have a Sega CD one, right? Mm-hmm. On the back of it, I think there's a red and white, like a stereo out. Yeah. You could do one of two things. Um, the headache would be to unplug your uh, red and white from your retrovision cables and plug the red and white from the console instead. But you'd have to have another cord. And that might work. Otherwise, yeah, I would check your retrovision cable well, book because there's like got to be some way to do that patch cable. It's um, not that big of a deal. Like well, it's, I'm sure it's, it's not, not like it might even be conflicts you know I mean? with the low pass filter. There's all kinds of weird stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. You could but. spend forever researching it, but I think you'd get bored. Um, I would just look into best practices. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, like I said, I, yeah, I'm. You know me. I'm not. I'll be honest like, with you. There is a mild hum that's actually my television processing the signal. Mm-hmm. Meaning, at first I thought it was my Genesis, but then I noticed that the hum, regardless of how I hook it up, whether with RGB cables, S video mm-hmm. component, the retrovision cables, which those are so well shielded, they don't have any of that kind of stuff. Well, I this come is, to um, find out, it's my television. This isn't a hum or a constant noise. It's that scratchy like. Oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about. I'm just saying with mine, I noticed those and I used to let it bother me. And now I'm like, okay, either I could turn it down a little and have the volume a little lower where I can't hear it or just turn it up and deal with it. And either one's been kind of fine with me. I mean, before you, we started the show tonight, you texted me like, you know, you'd be be there in five minutes. I was playing on Popful Mail. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I need to go back and, and eventually play Popful Mail. But just looking at it, I'm like, oh, my God. Fun fact. Did you know that Popful Mail, which was originally released on the PC Engine CD, um, was going to be uh, the original, like, spinoff Sonic game? They were going to rebrand that to a Sonic game. Ooh. Yeah. And it didn't work out. It wasn't going to change the game. It was just going to be different sprites. It was just going to imagine Popful Mail with a bunch of Sonic sprites in it. Makes no sense. Yeah. They do weird things. There's a Wonder Boy game on the PC Engine that's all Goemon, and it mm. was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just they just took the Goemon anime and just like put everything in there for Goemon, but it's the same game. Anyway, um, but yeah, I was super, I was super happy with that that showed up. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear. Uh, and for those of you out there in the audience, yeah, basically they they have uh, a Nintendo one which basically works with Super Nintendo. And then um, if you want it to work with your GameCube or your uh, N64, you actually have to RGB modify it. So it's really only useful for a Super NES unless you want to do some real legwork. I have it because I have a Super NES, and I also have it for my N64. My N64 was RGB modded. It was one of my first little solder jobs. Um, 
And uh, and so I, I have it for that, but you can get it for Genesis. And the cool thing about the Genesis one, which you have, Trees, is now all you have to do is buy little um, $15, $20 adapters, which never go out of stock, I might add. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can get an adapter for PlayStation 1, Sega Saturn, Genesis 1. The Genesis 1, I think, also works for a Neo Geo, but again... You have to be RGB modified, and there are a lot of other RGB mods that for other systems that have the uh, the Sega Genesis 2. And so the good news is you can use the same cable. So I usually just have that cable always hooked up, and I just change out what console's hooked up to it. Um, but either way, it's just it, it is just the highest quality way to enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. Component video and trees. If you haven't done it, and if you ever need it, um, their Sony Multi out for the uh, um, for the PlayStation Two and PlayStation Three. Those component cables are like twenty or thirty bucks and don't go out of stock very often. Yeah. Those are really good. Should get them for up in New Hampshire. Get a new TV. Yeah, you know? yeah if it's yeah. got component, if it's got component, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. It's only composite. Not every CRT TV has component red, green, blue. That was pretty. Well, no, rare. I mean I would replace it with a um, a cheap HD TV up there. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Just ah, a cheap, yeah, just could a do cheap that. Little one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. The PS2 big. did uh, converted all uh, all games to uh, um, or well did 480p for the most part with most of its games. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation games were 240p, but that's fine. That that that'll look just like your Genesis. Like that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but yeah, those I'm, I'm glad to see. Here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big video file. Like I'm the person who looks and I'm like, oh, I can see the the <laughs> dither in the hair. And I can tell that this is 1440p and not 4k. Most people aren't going to notice that. Nope. It's And it's one of those things where like once you notice it, you're like, ah, oh, shit. You know, I kind of wish I could go back to when I couldn't notice that. So what I've always wondered is... Is it just me like seeking the highest quality visuals and then just telling myself in my head that they're that much sharper? Although I have heard reflections from you and many other people on my screenshots from my CRT that are like, no, those are pretty sharp visuals. But I always wondered, like, what does the average Joe or Rob, for that matter, (laughs) who just picks up these cables, which are mm-hmm. not cheap, and you no. did go through a decent amount of drama. Um, COVID aside, like you still would have waited a good three, four months for them. Uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember how long. I should look at the original email because I can't remember. Could have sworn you got them in January. You were supposed to get them in was. April, and you got them in July. Yeah, it was a long time. So, but like, I was wondering, like, I, I, I was curious and mildly concerned that you would get him and be like, you know, I just don't see the value there. And that is not your response. And that that's, that's heartening. That means Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, it's significant enough that like, you know, the non-video files will notice it. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, yeah, this is just super sharp, a cool way to look at my games. And, and also I'm making the biggest leap, right? Yes. I'm going for me. I'm going the VHS with bad tracking. (laughs) to uh dvd rf Whereas, puts audio and video together plus radio interference so, yes yeah. that is the worst so i'm i'm i made a pretty significant jump so i i, I see uh, a yes, huge yes. difference and uh yeah yes we so, go but well that's great to hear 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I did look into grabbing a couple of things real quick. Oh, unless uh, am I am I cutting in on something? I wanted to mention a couple of uh, shop stuff. No, no. Okay. Um, and uh, I've noticed something. A lot of other people have probably noticed this, which is that video games, especially on the secondary market, have skyrocketed in COVID. Um, and also just anything that's video game, and this is probably not limited to video games, but as somebody who buys a lot of books, comics, and movies, I haven't seen it as ridiculous there. Uh, I believe my brother-in-law though said that figures could, action figures was getting a little intense. Um, but it's it's a rough market out there if you want stuff. The secondhand market is going through a bubble. So now is the time to unload your super rare game because you're going to get more for it than you think. I think I talked about it recently that Stubbs the Zombie I could get 150 bucks for. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. And, and I think the reason for this, I, I've already said this and I kind of mentioned it to you earlier, is that everybody was who's uh, who is unfortunately unemployed right now but on unemployment, there was a stimulus, a $600 a week federal bump in your unemployment. And side note, I hope you put some of that aside for your taxes because there's no taxes taken out of that and you will get robbed at the end of the year. Um, but also, I think the intention, well, I don't know what the intention is. I won't get into what the intention was, but the advertised intention was while you're unemployed and looking for a job, this bump is to like give you a goose egg to put in the bank so that when you lose that bump, which it ends, I think, uh, the end of next week, the 26th, maybe that's the end of this week, actually. Um, uh, then you go back to your usual, you know, 250 bucks, 350 bucks a week unemployment. And, um, while I would have loved to believe people were stashing this away so that they could make rent and stuff like that and sustain on that, I don't think that's what's happening. I think people went on spending sprees. <laughs> and I do think that it accounts for a lot of the bubble we're going to see. And it will eventually burst and, and taper down. But there's a lot of people like you and me, average Joes, who just kept working through COVID or mm-hmm. kept a steady salary and didn't go on unemployment. And we're looking to buy stuff. It's just, I don't know about you, but like you turn away on some of those inflated prices. And so we're going to get in the mix, right? Like we've been waiting for our chance to like see those taper off a little bit and then start buying. So I think this will kind of make its way through most of in the retro scene, especially, but just in general for video games, I think we will see this uh, constant uh, high demand for uh, until probably the end of the year mm-hmm. is my guess. Um, and so that has made me uh, really unable to buy a lot of things. Like I'll look stuff up and I'll be like, fuck, that's so high. And you can go on pricecharting.com and you can go to their their chart and everybody's got basically the same chart. You see it kind of zigzagging a little bit, you know, all the way up till about February of 2020. And then you see a big dip into March. <laughs> Uh, because everyone was unloading their shit when COVID first hit. And then you see this huge spike in April, an even bigger spike in, in May, and then it's kind of plateaued out. Um, and almost everything has done this. Like, almost everything. And so, it's like I said, it's just a bad time to, um, to get involved in all that, unfortunately. Um, so, if you are one of those people out there buying, you know, good on you. 
just mm-hmm. know that you should use some <clears throat> some caution. And it, you just see weird phenomenon. Like, I don't know how much you track this stuff, Trees. I'm guessing not at all. But, like, uh, there was a recent, like, small mini Nintendo Direct where they announced uh, Shin Megami Tensei um, 3, mm-hmm. a remake coming to the Switch. And then Shin Megami Tensei 5, they're on number 5, um, is coming out on the Switch. So it's a new game and a remaster, a remake, or whatever. Um, and uh, Shin Megami Tensei is not to be mistaken for Persona, which has the same prescript. But it is basically like apocalyptic, demons taking over the world stories. But Persona is more teenage melodrama in that world, you know, uh, trying to save the world from demons. Whereas Shin Megami Tensei is kind of the bigger scale, you know. Um, and they, they there's a lot of differences to all of them. But all the Shin Megami Tensei games suddenly on the used market jumped. Like they were usually like uh, the PS2 ones, I think were like 10, 20, 30 bucks. And then the really rare ones were like a hundred bucks. Now everything's like, 200 bucks and uh, even the the little rare ps2 games that were pretty easy to find in like a mom and grab shop were are now like 50 bucks and so you just see that like just little announcements and things just like go crazy you know um i think somebody told me recently that because deadly premonition 2 came out mm-hmm. because everyone's saying that the 360 version is the uh is like the definitive version and they've taken it off uh they've taken it off of uh xbox that you're going to find yourself spending a lot for it. And I'm looking right now, and sure enough, Trees, Deadly Premonition is selling for over $50 uh, used. And then if you've got sealed copies um, or the rare one with the uh, pre-order postcard, those are selling for hundreds. You know what's sad about that situation? Hmm. Is that people that don't know will think that game is worth $50. (laughs) <laughs> that game and is like, not worth 50 bucks people yeah I mean I I like Deadly Premonition for it's weirdness mm-hmm. but it is very disorienting and I would not recommend it to the average person no. I'm sorry those people who look people straight in the face and, and someone's like point blank like should I get Deadly Premonition is it worth playing and with no caveats the people who look at you and go like uh yeah yeah you should. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you need to explain that shit to people. I I played it, and I got a. I remember it was during Ismo time, so I talked about it, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I never. I don't think I finished it. It's it, long. It's like 20, it, 30 hours. But it was not a good game. In any no, way. no, but um, like, it's novel. It's not. I remember the whistling, like that whistling yep. theme song, and I just. <laughs> it's like an earworm. And then I remember I found an eight-hour loop of it on YouTube. Where oh, that's fantastic. And I'm like, that's like some sort of torture device, that whistling. Oh, God. Yeah, that it's just crazy. There's just like all kinds of crazy stuff on there. So um, I've kind of stayed away from stuff like that. But even – and so this is where I'm going even further with that. Weird shit is like selling out super fast. So the one that makes the most sense is Ring Fit Adventure. I don't know if you've uh, – heard about this but like people are constantly trying to find ring fit adventure because they need a way to work out and um you know i have come to what people people are selling that for a fortune yeah it sells used online for usually two to three hundred bucks um Mm. 
and uh, and used. Like I I don't mean that it's gross. That's uh, like the people selling it are gross. I mean that it's just inherently gross that somebody used it to work out and now you want it. Mm. Um, but uh, but. And, and again, I've come to terms with this. Our gym is in a huge warehouse. It only allows 25 people in at a time and you have to wear a mask. Um, I think you can remove... Yeah, I mean, I know you can. You can remove your mask when you're specifically on like a piece of equipment. Um, and I choose not to. Um, and so if I can do three and a half miles with a mask on, you can do it when you run into the convenience store. Anyway, um, but, uh, but yeah... Uh, Ring Fit Adventure's crazy, so, like, Wario64 is a Twitter bot, and, uh, he'll frequently tell you when stuff's in stock, and it's been popping in stock all over the place. Amazon, Best Buy, uh, Target, Walmart, uh, GameStop, all over the place. But, like, within two minutes of him announcing it, it sold out. Mm. And, um... And so that tells me a lot of people have just like 80 bucks to dump in a heartbeat, uh, especially if they're wanting to do it. But even weird stuff, stuff I don't understand. And those of you out there who care enough, you don't have to write in and tell me why. <laughs> I can, I'm sure I can look it up. But like that PlayStation back button, do you remember that? That $29.99 OLED back button that came out recently? It just locks into the back of your PlayStation 4 DualShock controller and it gives you an extra button and you get oh. to assign it to uh, any of the face button, uh, any of the buttons on the front of the controller or you can do like a combo. Like it could be like triangle circle or something. But that's that's 30 bucks and it drains your battery faster on your controller. And somehow <laughs> I thought this was going to be laughed off of the face of the earth. Nope. Nope. People love it. It sells out immediately. And I just, I do not get it. The other one that I do not get are people are buying ultra rare. Well, not even ultra rare because everything's ultra rare when it comes to Wii U. But people are buying rare Wii U consoles, like the special consoles. So huh. like the Mario Kart, or yeah, the Mario Kart 8 Wii U bundle is like 300 bucks. And uh, I looked up my... Uh, I've got the Zelda um, Wind Waker HD console that, like, is branded with Zelda. Like, my tablet looks like a Zelda right. tablet and yep, everything. Yep. And that sells for, like, 250 300 bucks. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought <laughs> I could unload my copy of The Devil's Third for a ton of money, but I'm not going to. Uh -huh. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, it's just a weird time right now. Um, and you know what it's gotten me to do, Trees, is only buy stuff that's digital. Mm. Well, not not notably, right? Like, I've, I've largely bought digital, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't even look at, like, a sale that's out there if it's not digital because I'm like, it's going to be a huge fucking hassle and a bunch of people are going to fight for it. You know what I mean? For, like, tangible mm -hmm. stuff and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah, because uh, I think... Darksiders Genesis on Gamefly, they dropped the price to $12.99 and people were talking all about it online about, oh my God, I was trying to put in my payment info because like who's got their payment info loaded into Gamefly and it sold out while I was trying to check out. Like, I'm like, really? Like, this is happening? This is this popular? And then the the time I knew I had really lost it was... Green Man Gaming is just one of those sites that sells like Steam keys and PSN stuff. And it's it's one of the on-the-level ones, though. Right. Like, it actually gets its content from Sony 
and from Steam and all that stuff. It's not like reselling keys. And Green Man Gaming sold out of digital keys. And I'm like, digital games are selling out. The fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'm just going to play Game Pass. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way to go. And you'll see with what I've been playing this week. Trees? Mm Mm-hmm. I have, outside of The Last of Us Part Two, I have not bought any new or used games at all. And oh. I've been actually doing the crazy thing. Oh, you know what? No, I bought your jockey game because I felt guilty. That's right. You probably Spoilers, I have not you booted fuck. it up or played it. What a disappointment <laughs> so you are. sorry. When I finally do that, you're not even going to care anymore. Oh, um, my God. But, uh, but, but. I've been playing the games I own, and I've been having a relatively wow, good time. Wow, amazing. You're actually playing the games that you bought. Weird. Wow. What Weird. a, what a like, novel concept. But I'm not just like focusing on really long games. I think I talked about it last week. You just tell me with a quick yes or no. Did, did I talk about The Witcher 2 last week? Yes. Okay. So I started on The Witcher 2. That's a long game. Like It's not as long as The Witcher 3, not by far. Mm-hmm. you know. But it's still like a 30-40 hour game. It's a long game. And I took pauses in that to play other games that aren't as long that I should just be playing. Mm. And it's been great. It's been... I, I cannot wait to talk about what I've been playing this week. Sweet. But uh, but yeah. And so I just... I, I figured I'd just talk about it like right now in the retro gaming scene and just in gaming as a whole. Like I'm just pretty cool just sitting still. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know. So. I, you know, I haven't been back to like a GameStop or anything. I've been meaning to drag my butt back there. I got that $60 of credit that I got back. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I never... You know, and I never pre-ordered that Ghost of Tsushima steelbook. Yeah, yeah, Remember, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna dump it in the thing. That steelbook kinda, did look dope, but like, now still I'm kind of made the wise decision. Now I'm kind of glad I didn't, because now I'm hearing stuff about that game. It plays like Assassin's Creed too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Oh, um, what I was doing though for a spell. Uh, was I check the GameStop and I think Best Buy every day do a deal of the day. And Mm -hmm. on occasion, they've got like a game that's just like really good and really cheap that I go pick up. And I'm trying to remember what I'm looking over here. What was the last deal of the day I grabbed? Wait. Hold on. Had to have moved something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, for example, um, I bought Doom Eternal, as -hmm. you'll recall. And um, I do have Doom on Steam, but for some reason I just wanted it on consoles. Like, I did this thing where I bought a bunch of PC games, and now that my PC is just a desktop thing, like, there's certain games, and Doom is one of them, that I just don't want to play always on PC. And I probably wouldn't nowadays buy a game like that for PC, even though I, I understand that performance-wise, mm-hmm. PC is the better place. I just like it better on, on big screens. Um, and so, yeah, Doom was one of the deals of the day. I think it was like six ninety nine on the Xbox One. And so I grabbed that, and I would just do the pickup at the GameStop, and you just 
You just pull up, call the store, and tell them you're out there. It's hilarious. They make it seem like they're like, we've got custom, you know, pick up at the door service for you. No, you just call the person and you're like, hey, red car out front. I'm the doom guy. Here's my name, Fred Rojas. And they're like, okay. And then like back before COVID, somebody with a mask on just kind of walks out fucking hating life and you just they just pull up to your your they walk up to your car and you roll down the window and they hand it to you Mm. (laughs) but they gave me this crazy walmart version trees that has a doom controller skin oh and i'm torn because the skin (laughs) i mean there it's a controller skin right yeah but the controller skin is like doom related but then i'm looking at my controllers i got my xbox elite controller my scorpio edition xbox one x controller i'm not gonna sticker that one uh-huh. i really like my special edition red one that i bought <laughs> so like which one do i skin and then my daughter looked at i went upstairs to my daughter's and she's got like a special pig minecraft one because she loves the color pink and it was the closest right. thing to a pink controller we could get so we got her the pig edition minecraft controller which apparently is like now a collector's item i don't know and she's got a white controller for her S, you know, the one that came with her Xbox One S. And I came upstairs and looked at it, and you could see her. My daughter is becoming quickly a, a hilarious smaller version of me. Yeah. And she she saw me looking at the controller, and she looks at me, and she goes, Dad, that's my controller. I don't want a Doom controller. Yeah. <laughs> you got Doom. Touche. <laughs> so it stays in the box. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. But hmm. nice. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, know. we did it again. We killed an hour. Ow. <laughs> yeah. How did like we that? do that? Yeah. We do. So <laughs> all right. Well do so, we want to talk about games? Yeah, we'll go through our games since you seem eager. I'll go through mine because mine are much of the same. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, more NASCAR five. So I, I, I so how are you fun- feeling about NASCAR Heat Five? I love it. Like I, I know we talked about the one criticism that it's too similar to it's four. Samey. But you're yeah. still enjoying yourself. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with four, right? So it's like Exactly. The criticism is like, oh, you know, sure it has a few weird little things, like sometimes it, like some color things go a little weird or something like, hey, I thought I made my rims blue and they're yellow. Like Stupid little things. Sure. You know, little... Like, where you're trying things. to remember if it was, like, you who screwed up or the computer or the re- just did something weird. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. No big deal. Um, and I also heard, because now I'm reading about stuff with NASCAR oh. Heat 5, is you know the that, mistake that is. Um, so seven, did we talk about the 704 games? Does that sound right? Close enough? Something yes, like that. that does sound right. Something about... That for the next one, they're going to a whole new engine because it will be on next gen stuff. Uh-huh. So they're saying that's why it this... is 704 games for the record. So yes. I think that's why they're saying this one is so similar to four because it kind of just got kind of updated and, and polished up and put out because they're starting because they're working on a new engine for the next gen stuff. So that's why mm-hmm. this one is kind of so samey as the last one. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, I made a dedicated effort this week because when we talk like tonight, uh, this is a a day later than usual. uh, But usually when we talk on Tuesday nights, 
<clears throat> uh, my week's kind of busy, so I don't sometimes get the game like Wednesday or Thursday, just here and there. I really mm-hmm. don't get a good chunk of gaming until like maybe Saturday or Sunday night when everybody's in bed. I don't have to worry about getting up. But then before right. you know it, Tuesday's rolling around again, right? And it's like I didn't get much in. And yeah, that's always that. been sort of a problem of mine. And especially with games like we've talked about Kingdom Come and stuff where I'm putzing around. I I I, yeah. I really don't make the best of my gaming time sometimes with those open worldy games where you're putzing around for three hours and you really accomplish not much, you know. <laughs> so that's can, a problem. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah, so that's also a problem. So this week I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna concentrate, I'm gonna make some milestones here. So with NASCAR Heat. I'm always on the dirt tracks because <laughs> I play enough nice. of one to play the dirt tracks and I never graduate. Right. And um, I've never seen real racers. Let's put it that way. I'm still in the, the bullshit made up <laughs> fake racers. I haven't made it to the NASCAR lineup with real people. Um, so this week I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to hunker down. Um, I think it's, like 14 races for a season. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, you have different level teams with different stars, like three star rating, four star, five stars. And those are better teams, obviously with faster cars. So if you're on a three star team, which is where you have to start out, you know, you're always going to be coming in like, you know, you might not ever get higher than 15th place. You're just not going to mm-hmm. catch those leader cars but that's all right because if you keep making all your ascent um incentives there you know you in making your um sponsors happy and you race clean races you start getting offers from the other teams for the next season which i love Mm -hmm. um and then when your season's over you can pick a new team and then obviously you pick a faster team and eventually you know that's sort of how you eke your way up to the front of the pack um, so I finally finished this season. Um, I think I was in the top six of overall nice. standings. Um, and it was funny cause in the dirt tracks, I had all these offers, but because I got so high up, um, I could start the, the trucks, super trucks or whatever they're called, the NASCAR trucks. Um, and it's hilarious because we talked about the names of the the races and the names of like the series you're in. And the series I am is is in like the you know the grand and outdoor RV truck series. <laughs> like it's this ridiculous name. Um, so now I'm racing trucks, and I'm actually racing not on dirt. I'm racing on actual like NASCAR type tracks, right? Asphalt. And the funny thing is, is I find that the game's easier because on the asphalt, especially if you have some helpers on, you're not playing it like a true sim where you turn every assist off, you know, you want to play it like straight up. Like those tracks, I'm not really, you're not really concerned about like skidding off the road or anything. It's really managing staying in the pack, right? And not bumping mm-hmm. other cars and waiting, you know, drafting and waiting for that moment to like jump up maybe one spot, right? Whereas yeah. on the dirt track, yeah. it was more of like arcadey. Like you actually had the master, 
um, skidding around corners, you know, like drifting. Right. And it was a little bit more. Uh, I have a dent in my my fingers, my two <laughs> fingers and my thumb. Like they hurt. Like I bruised them. I messed up the insides of them. Something from breaking my controller to the left, just slamming that stick. Um, it's the cornerstone of yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I made it to the truck series. It's pretty awesome. And uh, <clears throat> I think what I want to start doing is so I'm playing the races at seven percent, something like that, four percent or seven percent. So every race is only like about seven laps, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm thinking maybe for the and sometimes for now that I'm in the super trucks, you know, right? Because you say you watch racing or some NASCAR. Yeah. There's not much. Oh, you, I, sometimes that, you can't get a lot done in seven laps. Like it, no. it it's a game of of you know wait. It's uh, the long game. It's the yeah, long it's game. A, it's, it's pitting. Yeah, it's, it's when you have to pit. It's how good. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a pit stop in this game because I've never raced long enough. So wow, I'm, I'm thinking. Now that I'm and anybody good- knows that real quick, anybody knows that on a good NASCAR weekend, it's always the uh, the I believe the trucks are Saturday mm-hmm. during the day. I believe the indie races are at night or either, or the week before, and there's usually a concert involved with the indie races. You get two for one, and then the NASCAR ones are always Sunday during the day, prime time. Uh, I'm thinking. Maybe for the the series of the trucks, like when I get to like the main, you know, you, you have a few little rinky dink races, and when I get to the um, yeah playoffs or whatever they not playoffs or whatever the fuck they're called, preliminary the 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 majors, yeah, yeah but I don't know when I, the non independent circuits, right? Because are there ARCA races in this? I have no idea. I don't okay, think so, but, <laughs> Sorry. but it's one of the independent circuits. But I was just curious. So so let's. Like, I'm racing a, a series, but when when you get in the top five, you got to make that mm-hmm. cutoff and whatever that cutoff's called, the playoffs or the, the whatever it is. It's not the playoffs. And you'd think I would know this, yes. but I don't. But it, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find out for you. But, but I think when I get to those crucial races, I think mm-hmm. I want to bump it up to like twenty five percent or something. I I want to do a hundred laps or fifty laps. I think I want to. I think I'm okay. feeling that I want to do that. Yeah, and uh, it's again that's the that's where you really get stuck in. Um, that's where you really get stuck in uh, the endurance of the whole thing because yeah. I mean that is really what those races are. There, there was moments when I was racing the trucks where you're like wedged in there, right? You're like part of that pack, and like mm-hmm. even using a controller, like you ever stare at something so hard your eye twitches for a second. And you almost <laughs> lose <like> everything. <laughs> like your brain malfunctions for a second. And your one of your eyes just like goes nuts because you're like. So trees, real quick. It is called the championship playoffs. There you go. Um, so, so a nice generic uh, sports yeah. term for you. So that happened to me. Like I was in that pack and I was leaning for. I was so it was so intense. Just trying to keep that line like and just stay in that pocket, mm-hmm. you know, when people ask, Oh boy, you're going, you're just going around a circle into a left. So and that's, what's intense about it is, is like, you know, that feeling of going that fast, but like being surrounded and trying to keep it together. And especially mm-hmm. on a controller, right? a controller is wonky for NASCAR games. Cause it, they're not super, they try their best to be accurate. Uh, 
mm-hmm. which sent me down another rabbit hole, Fred. You know where I'm going here? Where I was looking up racing wheels. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> With pedals. Be careful. No, be careful. Plus, oh, wait, where do you have NASCAR heat on? What console? PlayStation, PlayStation 5. So Okay. Because you're going to have more choices, I believe, on the PlayStation 5. So, yeah. I, I mean, PlayStation 4. Excuse us. PlayStation 5. Sorry. PlayStation yeah, 4. Get in your, get in your head. Yeah, we're there. We're there. We're there. We're already there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Because, of course, one of the sponsors in the game is, like, Fanatec or Fantech or something. And they make racing wheels. And, like, during the loading screens, they show you, like, the wheel setup <laughs> with the pedals. Nice. I'm like, oh. And then, and then I went down a different rabbit hole, and I'm almost ashamed to say this, Fred. I watched uh, streamers racing mm. in NASCAR Five with racing wheel setups. Nice. <laughs> and uh, just to see what, and yeah, I, I guess is it as funny as you would think it is? No, they're pretty serious about it. Um, oh shit! You know, uh, but yeah, it, it's but from. M- just the little research I did, uh, those wheels with the force feedback and the steering and stuff, mm-hmm. really what they, I guess, these developers and stuff put a lot of effort into. So the control is fine, but I guess using those force feedback wheels is like where it's at. Like if you want, like. I mean, here's what I'll tell you. Do you remember my old uh, co host, Hefe? I do. Yeah, from back in the day. I forget. Have you ever, have we ever casted together or anything? Because he was like a real world friend. Like, you know, I mean, I still hang out to have a. I, I was on a show with him before. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. One of the um, shows we did, that was weird. So for a sh- very short stint, because Hefe and I, ironically enough, we grew up together. So we went to school together. Uh-huh. But shit, we graduated high school and it was like opposite directions. I don't even remember where he went to school. And I went off to Chicago, which being growing up in a suburb of Illinois, you know, northern suburbs right by the city, I was 30 miles out. Like, that makes sense that I went to Chicago. But he went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, um, for a short stint, for about three years, it was a great time too because I was getting to know my wife and dating her, and then we got married. And so, like, he was one of my closest friends, and he got to watch my wife grow up. But anyway, I'm getting sentimental because the beer is kicking in. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the setup we'll never forget, even my wife loved this, was Hefe got that really expensive haptic feedback Xbox 360 reel. Do you remember that? That came out, it was like $249.99 new. And I think it came with, like, Forza or Project Gotham Racing 3 or something. Okay. But there was like a full Microsoft published, yes, like do. expensive yes. racing wheel, it, and it had pedals and everything. It, yes. And he bought that shit, and he moved his console to a desktop to do it. <sighs> and I remember, like the day he bought it, we came over, and this was when Guitar Hero was really popular. So right. we were coming over for a. Uh, for for a very standard Saturday night, the often Saturday night deal was Hefe, his girlfriend, 
my my girlfriend then now wife and me and we would all come over to his house uh his dad actually had a really nice house in a really nice area and it was uh and 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 Hefe was just allowed to live there because his dad was looking to rent it out or something and Hefe was living there while he was at school and um and so we would be in this like really nice house and we would like order bad food and like drink and just like hang out on like weekend parties there you know what i mean like that was our thing so we came over one saturday for like you know our saturday into sunday shenanigans and he's like come downstairs come downstairs i want to show you something real quick and he goes see the wheel and like it was one of those things where like you're like yeah that's really cool and he goes no it's haptic feel it and it was cool because like you would get the resistance you know when you would like try to turn it and it wasn't even in game. Like it would just have a natural resistance when you were in like main menus and stuff. Like it just wanted to feel like an actual car wheel, even when it wasn't serving its purpose. And it was very cool. And it had, I think it even had a gear shifter, but that I might be making up in my head. Um, but, uh, he would show it to you and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. You know, and like I'd play a race or something in, in a game. Mm-hmm. But then he would like go to Julie and like his girlfriend, he'd be like, wheel's cool, right? And she, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then he, but he wouldn't let you go. He, no, sit down. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, let me get you skewed into a race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I just remember for like three hours playing it. But there is no denying that the wheel takes a game like Forza, which I do not care for Forza. Forza Horizon, sure. Any arcade game, sure. Need for Speed Heat, I'm in. Right. But yeah, Forza, I do not care for the legit ones. I turn on all the assists and try to pretend like I'm actually driving, which I'm not. And um, that wheel made it worth driving. And yeah. so I really hope I don't sell you on this, but <laughs> wheels are cool, man. Yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> wife would think about it. You better run that shit by her and let her be the voice of reason. My wife is my voice of reason. My wife is always like, so, hon, this is what I'm going to spend money on and blah. Yeah. Like, like, and it's not like I'm asking her for budget or anything. It's out of my part of the budget. Right. But I'm just like, do I want to make this purchase? (gasps) And usually her reaction, she doesn't tell me what to do. But she tells me what her thoughts are on it, uh, and uh, and it, it tends to drive my decisions. I do mm-hmm. think that's something you got to throw at your wife. The price point really matters, though. If we're talking a hundred bucks for a decent haptic wheel nowadays, no, no, cool. No. We're talking, if we're talking three, four hundred yeah, bucks and a range. setup, that's the range. That's trees, the range. I just. I just there's a lot you can get with three to four hundred bucks. Fuck, you might be able to get real damn close to another console, <laughs> like a next gen console. I know. Just throwing it out there. I know. I know. My brain hears you. My brain hears what you're saying. But the heart the buys heart. the fucking. The oh, what was the big controller on the Xbox? Uh, do you remember that the Mech game? Yeah, I had that. Steel Battalion. <laughs> you did. Oh, you did? Steel Battalion? Oh, yeah. I had that on the coffee table. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I had a, whenever I had a date, yeah. I had to pack that shit up and stuff it under the bar. You know? You're going to... You, no, you should have done like Hefe. Oh, come here. Check this out. <laughs> that girl left him, by the way. Yeah. Unfortunately. No. You know, you get, when you're going... Not off, over that, but like... Yeah. You can get away with a lot of first dates. <laughs> but 
when you're 20, 28 years old, you ain't getting away with that. You got to put that under the bar. Well, maybe nowadays. Um, I don't know because so many right now now it's hot to be geek. So many. Geek that's chic. what I'm saying. That so many girls gaming stuff and stuff that you mm-hmm. you might be fighting the coffee table for them for the big controller. Yeah, but, somebody recently asked me why there was a sudden influx in gamer girl porn, and I said that it's. You know, I, I, w- I would cop to it if it was true. I just don't watch a whole lot of online porn. No. And I just would have assumed gamer girl porn was always popular. <laughs> like, apparently it's like a girl who's just like comes over and she's real into playing the game. So, like, the guy's got to, like, do all kinds of weird funky sex stuff to her before she finally gives in and, like, has sex with him. Oh. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that plays. I could see that doing that. Right, like in in about ten years ago, I would have assumed it would have been the opposite. Right, the boyfriend who wants to play games and the girl tries so hard that she has to do sexual stuff in order to get his attention. Right, I think that's in a lot of stereotypical mid two thousand movies. Right, mm-hmm. like everything but Grandma's Boy does it. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. Trees, I got to be honest with you. It sounds like you've made up your mind. You just wanted me to give no, you the, I, uh, the I buy. I, I can't do that. I wouldn't do that. I want to though. When I was racing that truck, <laughs> when I was I was when I was in that pack, I'm like, can you imagine this? Fifty laps in, the intensity we had a haptic feedback with. Oh no, forearm muscles awesome. throbbing. That this is why we need blockbuster video mm. to come back because trees. If it was 1996, you could go into Blockbuster right now and mm-hmm. put your credit card down, and they yeah. do the, you know, the impression, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they would hold that slip, which has 400 bucks on it, yeah, and you would pay like what 35 bucks, and you'd get that for an extended weekend, like Friday through Sunday, yeah. like that's that's what you need right now. Yeah, I need the rent one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's like. Um, well then, I was watching the stream, and the dude, Uh-oh. the dude did a pit stop. I'm like, oh sweet, because oh, I want to see a pit okay. stop. Because I never yeah. got to see one because I don't race long enough. And um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just you can hear the venom in your voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't have time. These stupid kids. I would almost say jealousy in your voice. <laughs> these goddamn kids! I can't race long enough to pit stop in a video game. So what you guys done? This is what I've reduced to. Not enough time to pit stop. And um, so the car's rolling into the pit stop, and it pops up, I guess, it pops up like a checklist of what you can do in your pit stop. Like, do you need all four tires replaced? How, blah, 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 blah. And then there, oh, okay. was, then there was, like, a thing where you so, could just... Real quick, sorry, I, I have to ask. So while you're making these decisions, are these decisions you make while the other racers are racing? Yeah, yeah. Your car's or kinda, does it, like, freeze time? No, I, I think... I, I don't remember now. It might just freeze time quickly. Okay. Or I would I would like to believe it does, and then maybe it unfreezes time while the pit crew is doing what they're doing. Or but I would always assume that assessment would be instantaneous. Or I think as you're rolling into the pit stop, it's almost okay. like tractor beam grabs yeah. you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it almost like yeah. it, it grabs you and rolls you in automatically, and during that time, you can choose. But you might be right. It might just yeah. pause the screen. I only watched it once. But what yeah. I what I noticed was there was front wheel, I want to say front and back wheel uh, wedge. 
mm. just said wedge and he was like yeah let me turn down like let me knock the wedge down on the front a little bit and uh i said to myself until i know what that means i don't deserve a driving wheel <laughs> how dare i how dare i look at a 300 dollars driving wheel when i don't even know what the fuck wedge means on my car so i gotta look that up but that was that was my deciding factor when i seen that i said i can't commit to something <laughs> like that um anyways that game continues to be great solid purchase i like it um observation which i talked about last week the space station game where you're controlling the the ship's um maintenance ai uh, wait do you want to know what wedging is yes what is wedging it's like the weight dispersal, so it's uh, it, it can it can also like so it's like the left and right how the weight distributes, and the reason why you care is when you're cornering, it's how your car holds on to like the inside or the outside. If you're not gripping enough, you need to yeah wedge it on the yeah you can you can side. I think I've heard it referred to as cross wedging, mm-hmm. but like yeah like it's it's the it's kind of the balance between how you're shifting the weight now, left see, and right. Because as we know, it's a bunch of left turns. Now, see, that that guy was able to feel that wedge because of that haptic feedback in that wheel. Yeah, actually, I'm going to give you that. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to say, Trees, but I refuse to believe that a controller and a vibration mm-hmm. is going to give you the same That's as right. a haptic feedback wheel having used one. I would bet visualizing or being able to accurately determine the wedge is far more sensitive mm-hmm. if you've got a wheel. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to give I'm gonna have to give a point to the wheel on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, gonna have to I'm gonna have to give it to the wheel on that. But but you're gonna have to decide for yourself now that you know what wedging is. Oh uh-huh, yeah yeah. Or well, it's not wedging now that you know what the wedge is. Yeah, what gonna, front and yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to wait for a sale. See what that goes on sale. Because what I don't know is how it affects when, because you do have front and back wedge. So let's say you do weight dispersal slightly higher on the right side in the front. I don't know what you do with the rear. Do you keep it balanced? Do you also go to the left? Do you counterbalance with the right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so that is something I you're going to have to do more research mm-hmm. on. Because I know what it is. I know the adjustments right. they make. But I have no idea how you adjust for that. Mm-hmm. So we'll get back to that. I'm sure we'll have more updates <laughs> on that yeah. next week. Can't wait till next week. <laughs> um, Observation, which was the, the game on yep. Game Pass. You know, I wanted to talk more about this week because I was determined to finish it. And last night, um, you know, we, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't do the show yesterday because I wasn't feeling well. I think I, and yeah. had some bad fast food and I just wasn't feeling good. But I did stay up pretty late playing observation. And yes. I am pretty sure that I'm like less than 15 minutes from seeing the end credits. But it was like a little past midnight. And I'm like, I, no, I, I've done I, that before. And yeah. I'm like, maybe I can stretch it out. But you know how that works with those games. No, but you boot that shit back up sometimes. Um, yeah. And you're like... So, oh, I'm fucking done. So I, I think I'll talk about that game again when I beat it. And I, like I okay. said, it's such a story-driven game, it's kind of tough to talk about it. All I can talk about is kind of the mechanics of it, which we talked a little bit about last time. Um, but I, like- I was looking it up, like, aside from your conversation mm-hmm. last week, I looked it up when I was doing the show notes. 
because I almost accidentally used the term observer, which is Bloober Team's like uh, you know walking simulator horror game, um, and uh, which is also on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Observation is the game. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I'm visualizing what Trees was talking about. That game looks pretty cool. It's pretty cool, although. So. The stuff you said makes you like gut wrenchingly sick or whatever that you hate. The, mm-hmm. That sort of like out in space, like tumbling around. Yeah. There was one or two scenes. So it wasn't anything you controlled. So, like I said, you can get the AI in a little sphere and you can kind of drive them around and you can go. Yeah, the space but station, again, but you're controlling them and nothing's spinning around. You just sort of flying around like a ship. But. See, I don't get motion sick on games. It was VR only, and oh. I'm not obviously playing this in VR. And, like, I've played various games. There was a different game that was out in space that was basically the plot of Gravity as well mm-hmm. um, that I played. And um, I'm fine with that. Like, I've never had that issue um, okay. so- in, uh, in an actual 2D video game, like, outside of VR. And to be honest, I am deathly afraid yeah. of being out in open outer space but that is as a person mm-hmm. in a video game i never struggle with well there was two scenes where um the character uh with you in tow as the ai in a little sphere she had to like mm-hmm. tethered you on so she could bring you with she wanted to go from one part of a, a space station to another and it required her like pushing off and using her momentum to mm. just reach the other one Mm-hmm. So they did that sort of camera angle where yeah. you see her and she stays still, but right. everything else around is like Moves. spinning. Yeah. So they did that. And I went, oh, Fred wouldn't like this. <laughs> no, I actually think I'll be okay, but I am curious to try it to see. But yeah, I don't get motion sick and I don't mm-hmm. worry about space like in a video game. Right. Like I played through all that crazy shit and in, in, in infinite warfare and all that other stuff no problem um, but but yeah yeah so in, in vr i hate it and uh and in the real world i would never go I, to space so that's that i'm going to talk about that next week because i'm going to beat it this week for sure I, i'm it bummed me out that i couldn't see the credits but i'm like you know what i'm i don't want to rush it either like I'm half, i actually like that you weren't rushing it yeah I, I think that's a mistake you know what I mean? i'm half asleep i don't and yeah. then you know i want to see because it's interesting the stuff that happened is, is like out there, man. It's like, okay, this is cool. cool. I like this. And, um, you know, I, I played more, uh, infinite mini golf with my son, not with my son, but he likes to watch me play it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet he does. That game's all right. It's fun. Here's a, here's a funny thing that happened. Um, so I clicked on like solo play and, and play now. And, um, uh-huh. I get this, this level right and it's a straight line i'm like okay straight line i hit it pull the one all that good stuff get i got points and all that shit but then i got this crazy level like like a level that was like not good like it wasn't well designed i'm like this is weird because there's angles i can't see and then i actually it brought me to a spot that i couldn't zen make this yes zen you know it's funny when you compare Zen Pinball, I have every single Zen Pinball, yeah. uh, sorry, Pinball FX mm-hmm. 3 table available. Mm-hmm. I own every single one of them. And it's funny how you mention that because in your typical three pack, Zen tends to nail it on one of them, do okay on a second one, and then really fucking miss the mark on a well, third one, like the Jaws table. Yes. 
but this was like anyway. this was unplayable as in oh as in like broke, straight up unplayable broken. yeah like i'd landed in a spot but it wasn't like out of, one out of ten it wasn't yeah, out unplayable. of bounds and i couldn't see my ball to shoot it where it needed and i'm going what is with and eventually i i stroked out of the thing and i noticed it had a thing where it said um rate rate the board or whatever and I was like, thumbs down on this fucking thing. And then, <laughs> yeah. then I got like three maps in a row where there were straight lines, but all the coins and gems were like straight in your – and I went, oh, I've stumbled into player-created maps. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's oh, yeah, what yeah. this is. And I, I didn't It's like know. the little big planet, like all the trophies it was, maps. Yes, it was Mario Maker slash yep. – yes. Little big planet, so I'm like, <laughs> in, and I didn't know that's what it was. I thought I was just going to solo play and they were going to throw some of their whatever maps at me. But once I hit that third straight map with all the items lined up for you, because you know, there's probably a trophy for like create your first course, map. so everybody oh, just yeah. makes a straight line just so they can get the trophy. Uh, so that's what that was. So that has a a um editor. And last week I didn't play enough of it to see it. So yeah, there's a there's a mini golf editor. I guess you can make some pretty elaborate shit. And um I guess that would uh, make a little bit more sense. Infinite mini golf. Because <laughs> there's infinite courses you can play. And um yeah, because you and what's funny is when you play them, you still get your coins and your your tickets to buy your stuff. So you can just sit there all day. It'll just randomly go. I think there's a filter. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can pick sort of like you know, most played or blah blah blah, and uh, just like the other stuff, just like little big plan stuff, and and yeah, you can sit in there all day. But again, you're gonna run into some broken ones that make no sense. Um, but that's, of course, that's cool. That's in there. It's one more layer. Yeah, one more layer of stuff you can do for a fun little game. It's it, it's in you know PlayStation Now. I don't know how much it is if you actually want to buy a mini golf game. Um, it's not much. I think it's 10, fifteen. Fifteen bucks. Um. And there is an online mode, and I did try to play an online mode where, where um, basically it put me in a lobby waiting for three other players. So it must have been like a little mini tournament, and no one ever yeah, joined. So I also didn't wait long enough. I didn't care to wait more than a right. minute to see if people would join. I was over like, it by then. In or out, guys. After yeah. thirty seconds, I was over it. I was like, I don't think I want to play a tournament, with people. So, <laughs> and uh, you know, I played the. Um, the haunted mansion one or the whatever it's called, you know, and it was uh cool. They have a Jack Skelton wannabe mascot. He's like skinny like Jack Skelton, but instead of a he has the same smile, but it's a pumpkin head. And he is like he's not the pumpkin king. But so when you say close. Jack Skelton, okay, yeah, yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Jack Before Skeleton. Christmas. Yeah, Jack Skelton. For some yeah. reason you were saying Jack Skellington. And the whole time I was thinking of Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack. Oh, Jack Sparrow? Jack Sparrow. Way off. Same company. <laughs> Way oh, off, man. Um, uh, yeah. So I played more of that. Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, I returned to Call of Duty real quick. For a few, okay. Uh, and played um, around a war zone and all this stuff. Because um, so much got added that I just yeah. wanted to turn it on and see what was going on. And... I will say this, the menus, uh-huh. it took me a little bit to remember, like, fuck, what was I doing with this gun? Because you're leveling up everything. Oh, yeah. Every character 
has their own missions, like every avatar has their own missions. This shit. So I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. All my loadouts are specific to all these little missions I'm doing, and I couldn't remember any of them. Um, and but as a testament to that, how good that game is, um, within the end of one match, um, you have all your motor skills back. On how they—that's how easy that game is to <laughs> yes, remember. Yeah, that's like how streamlined the body remembers, like riding a bike. Yeah, like that—that—that's a testament to a good design of a game. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'll give it to you. I booted up Call of Duty this week, also. So there was one little gripe I wanted to ask you about, but yeah, no. The 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 quality of the gameplay and the way we. As a group of gamers, especially if you've been playing these games as they've been coming out, mm-hmm. you just get back into it yeah. impressively quick. And that is design. I'm with you 100%. That is the way a game is designed and built. Um, but so here's my gripe is it's so much <laughs> downloading and space and updating and if you don't live in the Call of Duty ecosystem, if it's not your nightly game, which God bless those who it is, mm-hmm. but like, um, if it's not like as a casual install on my, I think I'm done with Call of Duty. Like I really dig the campaigns and this one's no exception, mm-hmm. but. Do you like was I j- yeah, no, no, no. The, uh, let me, let me, yeah, let me say flat out, like, Warzone's okay. I like it a little bit more than the average Battle Royale. I just don't think I'm equipped for Battle Royale type games. <laughs> I do well in Warzone, but, and uh, I think the last time I played Warzone, the Gulag was still there. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's gone it away no, or it's if still it's there. come back. Or, it's still there. Okay. But either way, it's not the game's quality or playing online or any of that stuff that I have complaints about. It's just, it's so kind of like intense and, it is intense, and, yeah. and in deep that I can't jump in and out of it. And I can still do that with Titanfall too. So I hate to say it, but I was like, eh, when I want to go play a random shooter for a short stint, Titanfall 2 still f- scratches that yeah. itch. yeah. I love Titanfall too. E- and it's it's way easier on the hard drive and the update patches well, and stuff like that. I kind of almost don't want to play Call of Duty anymore by the time I've done all the updates that well, are necessary to play Call of Duty. My, my buddy who plays Call of Duty nightly, right? Mm-hmm. He mostly plays Warzone now. Like he could kind sure. of care less about the multiplayer. And he already okay. played the campaign. And so he just, he just deleted... He just deleted the game and downloaded the free Warzone. Yeah, because Warzone's free, yeah. which I've often thought about popping onto my Xbox. And he doesn't. I have, have the PC version of Call of Duty. He he doesn't have an external drive. He has just a vanilla Xbox One like me, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have an external drive. I have a two terabit external drive, so I can fit some stuff on there. He doesn't. So. Yeah, I don't on my axe. I just have the one terabyte oh, yeah, that came he, with it. He so he actually I made him because I wanted to play multiplayer. He actually I made him download all that shit again so we could play the other night. But that was fun. But I tell you what wasn't fun? Warzone, which I love, right? Like I mm-hmm. like it. 
did not have fun with my buddy and his buddy. So you have a good friend, but then they have a friend that's not your friend, but they play with. He he has like two of those guys. I don't know who they are. He went to college with them or something. And sure. They're all super serious about it. Oh, but when he plays with just him and me, we have right. we're just laughing and fun. But when he shoot the that, shit, when he's with around. that crew, he assimilates pretty hardcore into like the crew. Yeah, come on, Rob, quit fucking around. So I didn't have fun because they have it all streamed. I like to just have my shit. I like what I like. Sure. I want my stuff. They, they've hit that point where they were telling me what my loadout has to be. And you need this perk and that perk because when we get to the mm-hmm. final circle, you need your hot, you need to block the heartbeat sensors and you need this and that. And, you, and I'm like, yeah, but I like my extra grenade. And they're like, you can't have your extra grenade. We need a, and I was like, okay, well, who's playing? <laughs> you? Do you have someone that can come over and, and, and hold the controller for me? Because last time I checked, I bought this fucking game. So, anyways. Uh, I absolutely know. love the way you. <laughs> what? I just love that attitude. It's, it's and and don't misunderstand. When I say attitude, I don't mean like. 90s era your sonic the hedgehog attitude you're not bart mm-hmm. simpson i mean i like that in 2020 when everybody's letting everybody else influence yeah. them you're just like look guys i just want to play with my extra fucking grenade and i yeah. really look i i understand you're trying to mm-hmm. make the world safe yeah. for democracy yes. again but i just want to fuck around and that involves having the extra grenade yeah how serious are we, guys? Hey, let me check my Totino's fucking pizza watch that I downloaded. <laughs> and Because, uh, you know, it's real life or death over here. Yeah, yeah, let oh, me, yeah, yeah. Let me check Shit's my real. snack yeah. time. We're, we're in the cut. We're in the shit now. I'm just checking my snack time watch that I stole. But, um, yeah, because you know what it is? So I have a, you know, you have the different loadouts, right, for different guns mm-hmm. and stuff. So I actually have a Warzone loadout because in Warzone, if you can call in a crate, you can yeah. buy you, you you know you can call in your your loadout. You know that right? Yes. You know, okay. So when I call in my crate and I pick my warzone because when it lands, yeah, you get all your shit. Yeah, yeah, and I get my loadout for warzone. And what I had, I forget what perk I had, but it allows you to carry two main weapons. So I had my gold, you know, because I have one of the games, one of the guns I got gold. So I have my gold gun, right, all tricked out. But then I also have a, a blueprinted sniper rifle, which you kind of need for Warzone, right? You need a sniper rifle. Um, so that's my loadout. So I have that. And they were like, no, get rid of that perk. I was like, no, but I like my two guns. And they're like, oh, you, you find that. You'll find a blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I like my sniper rifle with the, with the pink zebra print. Go fuck yourself. I don't care if I can be seen halfway across the map so anyways warzone wasn't as fun i died right away of course because uh you know i kind of was left as a man by myself <laughs> they're doing that stuff with a loot in a building and you're talking to them at headphones and they're like geez we gotta you need this guy i'm like yeah and they're like okay, we'll leave for you and i look on the map and they're like five blocks away and i'm like how did you guys <laughs> get five weren't we just looking in this house oh yeah Cause they're doing that, Guys, they're doing cool. that Twitch shit where they're like, 
look into a crate in like a millisecond and just moving on. And I'm like an old man rubbaging through shit, looking at bottles. Like, what am I looking for? So they go, they're gone. They've already looted like three skyscrapers and I'm still in a fucking one bedroom house looking in crates. And it's like, okay, I don't think I can play with you guys. I need to do my own thing here. I think I'm good. Um, so I did that, and then the last thing I did, because I'm taking up too much time here, was I downloaded a, a demo on the Switch, buddy. Uh, there was a oh. game I loved, loved for my Xbox uh, 360. Okay. It was my podcast game. We all know what that is. It's just the game you zone out to. Listen about it. Yeah. And that was Mr. Driller Online. Ah, uh, Mr. Driller Online. Fucking yes. loved it. Love it. Never... <laughs> In my life, ever seen, not even one person, the online queue for that game from the day one when I bought it on Xbox Live was always zero. I've never seen anybody play that game besides myself, especially online. And they just released Mr. Driller Drill Land on the Switch, which oh. is... Um, Again, it's 20 years old, right? So 2002, it came out only in Japan on the GameCube. Yeah. And now it got released for the Switch. I downloaded the demo. It's fantastic. The, yeah. Dr- yeah, Mr. Driller Online for the 360 really was just watered down, bare bones. But this is like, from I guess this is the game from 20 years ago, right? As far as the music and stuff. Oh, my God. I would assume, yeah. Oh, the music. It's just this poppy, weird Japanese shit. You know, it almost has a uh, it's a small world vibe sound right. to it. It sort of has this paper crafty sort of animations of like up in the corner of the different countries you're in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and I got the demo, but I'm probably gonna buy it. It's thirty bucks. It's a rough one. It's a rough one, but I kind of need it in my life. Because Mr. Driller is is everything. People don't know. It's Namco. Uh, Mr. Driller, I guess, it would be the Dig Dug guy, right? It's sort of like they kind of tried to flesh out the Dig Dug universe. Did you know that? That these are Dig That's That would be my assessment. Yes, these yeah. are the Dig Dug yeah. people, but they sort of flesh it out. There's a, a woman Dig Dugger and a dog. And there's a robot, which, you know, you're digging as you dig down. You're just basically digging down as fast as you can. Uh, see how far you can go. You run out of oxygen as you're going. And the ground that you dig is is colored, um, kind of like Tetris blocks and stuff. They, they connect. But as you're drilling, mm-hmm. you know, there's also debris falling above you that can crush you on your head. So it's, right. you're just moving, and you got to get oxygen. Even though you're one of the characters is a robot, you still run out of oxygen. Makes no sense. I don't know. Um, and then I'm reading this, right? I'm reading. This is the. Remember, I said I was going down this weird rabbit hole. Yeah. Right. So I'm reading it, right? And it says uh, they were making a four player game way back in the day, like that used like the, the Game Boy Advance tap and, and link and all this shit. And that was originally going to be uh, this game. And then they, they, Made into a different game, right? And then this is where I went down the, the 
the rabbit hole is this last sentence on the Wikipedia page is just said the game features support for the GameCube Game Boy Advance link cable, allowing the player to import their quote unquote bacteria pets <laughs> from Mr. Driller A into the game. Bacteria pets. Here's a little bacteria pets. Okay. Here's something I love. I don't know if you know this about me when it comes to video games and lineage and how they can keep coming. Like stuff like, say, Mario, right? But then they take mm-hmm. Luigi in this, like in Luigi's Mansion, and also they make Gooigi. Somehow <laughs> they've managed to just come up with something new, but still use the, the terminology. And you go, you slap yourself in the forehead, like, of course, Gooigi. How come I never came up <laughs> Goo? Of course. And that's what they did here with Pacteria. You know, Pac-Man, Namco, Pacteria Pets. And then, of course, that sent me down looking up what a Pacteria was. And it's from a game called Mr. Driller Ace, the wonderful Pacteria. Huh. And there's a picture of a Pacteria. doesn't look special. But the thing in the game, and there's a role, it says role in the games, and it's a whole history, like story of where the Pacteria come from. But it doesn't really tell you what they do in the game. Anyways, it's a <laughs> I love that shit so much. I'm not gonna get into it. Very clearly. No, no, no. I'm but Mr. Driller Drilland. Mr. Driller Drilland. It's out there. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna see if I can finally get that online game I've been craving. So does it tell you when it's coming out? It's out now. It's out. I just down, oh, I just downloaded okay. the demo because I couldn't pull the trigger on a thirty dollar purchase. For Sorry it. for for some reason I thought it was like yeah pre order demo or something. No. So no, this is just flat this, out demo. Yeah, no, it's uh no, it came out like the end of June, so it's out there. I knew it was coming, uh, but I was like, if this is just the Xbox Live version, um, I'm not paying thirty bucks. But I downloaded it and just the menus where they got that squeaky voice. Japanese girl yelling at you in Japanese. Like, I love it. The music, I love it so much. So, I think I might pull the trigger. I want to go online. I want to see if I can actually finally, after 20 years, get play this game with other people. See if it happens. Anyways, man, that's that's been my that's my gaming. I I took so much time. I'm always I always feel super bad that I, I suck up all the gaming time talk. No, no, it's good. You know. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's enthusiastic. That's what we need. You're actually playing games, man. Enthusiast. Lots of people aren't. Yeah. Plus, I don't have to work tomorrow. That's true. I can hear you cracking beers. I'm I'm almost on my second beer, and it's it's starting to affect my. Well, I'm just starting on my second. Yeah. Beer, so I'm, I think my problem is is my wife jokes about I'm too slow. Yeah, I'm almost done with my second beer, and I I feel my. And I'm not gonna. I feel my not, my my jaw going a little loosey goosey. I got <laughs> well, and I'm not gonna lie, trees. I think I might have to go get me something off the fucking dollar menu at Taco Bell after this. Tell you what, I can feel it. After yesterday, Dave Thomas's baby girl did not did me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> she did me dirty, man. Little Wendy did me dirty. Little Wendy <laughs> did me dirty. I got to yeah, do some fast. No trust there. I was talking to my wife about it, you know, and we were just like, she's like, well, yeah, the last time you ate fast food was when we were driving to New Hampshire. We stopped at McDonald's. Like, that was, mm, what, mm-hmm. three weeks ago? Three, you know, 
So she goes, that was the last time you ate anything like that. Like, yeah, I eat junk food, right? I eat chips and Mountain Dew and stuff, but greasy fast food burgers, you know? She's like, yeah, you sort of haven't had that in a few weeks. So, yeah, it did did me wrong yesterday, and I just... That'll do that enough to it, yeah, Enough it, it shut me down where I was like, fuck that show. I'm not doing that show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know... As, as well. Yeah, you know you don't feel well. You say, fuck everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's why I was like, no, you did <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh all right well so um take as much time so as one, you need oh it, it's all good uh so one thing i definitely want to mention was um that uh i i was talking to someone about this i'm trying to remember oh i was talking to jacob because we recently did uh it's it's live on the site now yep. we did a nearly four hour podcast spoiler cast for the last of us part i've seen it i did not obviously did not listen to it makes sense the makes game, sense so but you'll be happy to know our format is not what the normal format is. We didn't just go like, okay, so in chapter one, you're playing poker and you, you know, fly to Mars mm-hmm. and da da da. Like we actually just break it down into four chunks where we talk about. Um, uh, first thing we talk about is tech, then gameplay, then plot, then discourse or reviews or whatever online talk afterwards. And so we really kind of break it down in a good way. Although I did find the flaw in it when we got to plot, I was like, you know, we could have done a five minute synopsis of the overall plot and we don't. Mm. (laughs) And so it just implies that you've played the game so that when we jump right into it and discuss characters, if you've never played that game, you won't know. A lot of them are new. We just get right Mm. into it. We just delve right into our thoughts on it. But like I said, I'm really pleased with how it came out. It's an overall positive discussion. And again, you know, we we are lacking a little bit in the plot category if you've not played the game, but we always assumed you had played the game. And so if you come to it from that perspective, I think people will enjoy it. I like what we did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, one thing he was talking to me about was it, it, the guilt of quitting games. And, uh, or, or, um, trying to play a game that's in the zeitgeist that like, you just don't find interest in. And to be clear, we were not talking about the last of us too, when we were talking about it, but Jacob was just like, yeah, it's just like, people are like, this game is great. And like, I start playing Mm -hmm. it. Oh, we were talking about the Witcher three. Actually, this will work very nicely into my next discussion. Um, and I was like, yeah, I've been playing The Witcher 2, da 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 And he goes, yeah, I, I've never played a Witcher game. And then I got The Witcher mm-hmm. 3, and I played like five hours of it or something. And he was like, I just wasn't into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. I just could not get into it. I mean, it. we just talked about this with me and Control. Same, yes. same thing. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and I was like, you, when you get to a certain point, or maybe a certain age, I don't know, when you get to where we're at, Trees, like you just start going, you know what? That's okay. Mm. You know, I just I am not going to find out why Final Fantasy IX was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I can sit through that game anymore. And furthermore, I am I have always procrastinated this because I am so worried with how much I liked Bloodborne and how much I disliked Demon Souls what I'm going to feel about Dark Souls. And so I've just not started it, even though I have 
ultra rare steelbook editions of <laughs> one, two, and three on PC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but I have all of the collector's editions of all the From Software games. I have Demon Souls PS3 collector's edition. I have the wow. International Steelbook editions of Dark Souls one, two, and three. Uh, I have the Steelbook edition of Bloodborne from the PS4. Like, I've got all those. I didn't get the special edition of Sekiro, though. But I've got all those, and I've almost not played any of them. Wow. (laughs) Which is ironic. Yeah. Um, But all that said, uh, yeah, I, I think I would just say to people, games are supposed to be fun. Don't try too hard. Mm-hmm. If you are not connecting with a game... That may be a today thing. That may be a for the rest of your life thing. It's kind of irrelevant which it is. Stop. If you're not enjoying yourself, stop. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to yourself. It's not okay. There are so many games out there you literally will never run out of things to pick from, let alone play through. Stop worrying if you don't dig a game and stop letting people who have different tastes than you, which is what we want tell you you need to enjoy a game because you're not necessarily going to enjoy a game i could not understand why a person would pick up the witcher 2 sorry 3 and not enjoy it and not think it's an amazing game out the gate but i know many people did and i am not here to convince them and they are not here to stomach through that game because they don't like it fuck all that just play what you like we called it warm blanket gaming recently. Like, that's what you want. You want the sweet spot. I say that because that's going to be relevant to some of the things I'm going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I've been playing The Witcher 2 still. Um, I am... So I I will tell you I looked at a walkthrough, but not... I didn't actually read through the walkthrough. I was just wondering how many story missions are in each thing. So there are three chapters, which I was very surprised there are only three chapters. Um, And there are 12 missions in chapter one, 12 missions in chapter two, and five missions in chapter three. So chapter one and two are the brunt of it. You should know that you make a decision at the end of chapter one that forks the story, and believe it or not, Trees, Uh the 12 missions in chapter two and the five missions in chapter three are largely different based off of the fork you make. So, of course, I have my little save game set that's right there at the decision. Mm. But I made my decision. This will mean nothing to anyone who hasn't played the game, but if you want to know which decision I went, I went pro Scoyatel, and we'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, And so I got into Chapter 2, and I'm now halfway through it. I think I'm on Mission 7 or 8. Chapter, or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> And um, that game slowed the fuck down. Yeah, Yeah, the game was kind of slow to begin with. It's a little obtuse. The combat's not great. This is... So for people who thought that, you know, Witcher 3 was wonky... Right. Fucking wait till you play Witcher 2. (laughs) Um, And they make a lot of mistakes that... Well, I wouldn't even say this is mistakes. I bet they would argue this is good game design. But um, in The Witcher 2 much like The Witcher 1, the whole idea of a Witcher as told in the um, Sapkowski novels is that it's all about prep work, okay? So if you're going to go into a fight, 
you need to drink the potions in advance and they enhance your abilities, whether it be like health recovery or stamina or strength of your attacks or poison on your sword or all kinds of stuff like that, okay? But it's all calculated. You're all choosing this stuff before you go into a fight, all right? Okay. You could probably tell right off the top of your head, or if not, you can understand this, like the challenge there is what if you don't know about the beast you're about to go up mm -hmm. against? Like if you're going to go up against the mystery beast, well, what fucking potions do you drink? What do you put on your sword? Like, what do you do? And I think this game would argue, well, you need to go do investigations and, oh, don't you know that in this town out of 34 buildings you can walk in the front door of in building 27 in bookshelf three, down in the lower right corner is a book that if you read it, it tells you that that mystery beast you're looking for is weak to fire and you should do all of your potions to fire, right? And there are people in the RPG world who hear that and just get off, mm. right? They're like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I would say for a majority of gamers, right? You're like, oh, fuck. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be fair and clear... The Witcher does not do that much. What it loves to do, though, is you're in a mission and you're hoping that if you're going to build a game around preparation, it's going to give you some sort of indication, right? But it will frequently do things in The Witcher 2 where you're just like walking down the road. Sure, you're on a mission. You're looking for person X or you're trying to do situation Y or task Y. Right. And you're just moving along. But all of a sudden, a cutscene triggers. And out of the blue, you're in a boss battle. Right? Like, you didn't know that cutscene was going to trigger. You didn't even know things were going to happen. Because you're just walking down a country road trying to get to your next destination. And all of a sudden, this cutscene triggers. And next thing you know, you're in a battle. And you... If you didn't know that battle was coming up, which how would you? Mm -hmm. You don't have things on your sword. You haven't drank the potions. Yada, yada, yada. And what is frustrating to people, especially from the Skyrim ca camp, and this is probably true of the Dragon Age camp as well, but I've not played many Dragon Age, there's no potion you can drink that will immediately restore your health in battle. That does not exist in The Witcher. So you're just fucked. Mm. You're just stuck being weak old Geralt in the best sequence you can be and it's down to, can you push the buttons fast enough, or did you know this battle was going to come anyway? Right. And that can be frustrating, right? You can see how that can be very frustrating. It's obtuse. It's bullshit. There was a boss battle at the end of chapter one that I quite literally had to do 25 times. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. To yep. be fair... The load times on backwards combat is pretty fast, and this was probably an hour of my life. About two minutes per fight. Right, but right. I died, and I'd have to refight it. Right there, I think I've turned off a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I've already told you it's clunky. I've already told you it's going to throw shit out right. at you. And then I've just told you that you're going to spend an hour on a single boss. Yeah. Then you get to chapter two, <laughs> and you're in a dwarven town. <laughs> that has an upper and lower echelon, lots of intertwining areas. The map looks the same everywhere you go and waypoints don't work well. And you really start to go fuck this. And then on top of that, the pacing of the game drops significantly. 
You're thrown weird characters you've never seen before. It starts a whole new plot line. You have to talk to these people a lot. There's a lot of reading, which I am enthralled by, so that one's not as much of a downer for me. But then you don't know where to go. You're constantly searching for people. You end up in weird missions because a mission triggers because you've talked to somebody. And you were talking to somebody because you were trying to succeed in the arm wrestling quest. But all of a sudden... (laughs) that person has a trigger in them that starts a cutscene, that starts a mission. And the next thing you know, you're in a dungeon without asking for it. And it's a long drawn out weird maze that the map doesn't help you with much. That's like over an hour long. Mm-hmm. And so here's what I'll say. And I've looked at the discourse online and it's a little laughable right? It is probably exactly what you would expect. You tell me, but it's a lot of people going, man, fuck this game. And a lot of people going, obviously you don't understand the Witcher Mm -hmm. or obviously you don't like good RPGs because those who appreciate RPGs think that's fucking amazing. And I don't know where we get with this defeatism or this elitism. I don't, Mm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with either of those. Do you understand? Yeah. So here's what I'll say, and then I'll just wrap up because I'm I'm probably not going to talk about The Witcher 2 until I beat it, and I will beat it because I'm sticking with yep. it. I like that lore in a way I haven't liked lore in a long time, and I like that lore way more than Game of Thrones. I was quite intrigued by the Game of Thrones TV show after being completely turned off by it, and I'm reading through the books, and while I acknowledge the books are better, I'm having a hard time sticking with them. And maybe it's just because they're so fucking long. Like, I'm on page... Like, I, I I read the Game of Thrones books and got to, like, page, like, 420, and I was like, all right, like, yeah, it's cool, but, like, I'm not even halfway through this book yet. This is a 950-page book, and this is book one. And I know what happens, because I've seen the show. Whereas, like, with The Witcher, like, the book, the first book reads fast, it's much shorter, and it's, like, 350 pages, and it's, like, adjacent stories, right? They're not stories I know. But, anyway, here's my question. With what you've just heard, Mm -hmm. do you have any desire to touch The Witcher 2? No. I mean, I... I, or is this all those things you really don't want to deal with? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I tried The Witcher 3 and I didn't, you know. Okay. Them, so. And I was enthralled by that and played through it with no real gripes. So. Um, what I will say is that pacing aside, like I'm always making progress. And I think this is something you kind of do with uh, De- uh, Kingdom Come mm-hmm. Deliverance. At the end of a session, I might have wasted two, three hours. But I completed the task, right? The mission I started at the beginning of my play session, I completed. During a certain period of time, I had fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm furthering a plot that I'm interested in. So what I will say is that just to me, it's slow. You're just like, oh, get to it already. It's the wrap it up button. But aside from that, like I am finding myself... Quite intrigued by The Witcher, and now that I am, what, 18 missions, 19 missions in out of, like, 25, not even. Well, hold on. 12, 12, that's 24, plus 5, that's 29. I'm on mission, like, 18 out of 29. Like, I may as well see this to the end if I'm not, like, just not having fun. Yeah. I'm a little bored at times. 
but I'm fine. But yeah, chapter two is largely fetch quests, and it, it seems like chapter two is where it makes or breaks people. People who were mildly intrigued by chapter one will get turned off, or people who didn't like chapter one get completely turned off, and people who were into it continue to be into it. And I, I think I really rest somewhere in the middle, but it is what it is. So there's The Witcher, the Witcher. too. Um, it's yeah. never the lore, like you said, the lore grabbed you. Like the lore never yeah. grabbed me. Like, yeah. And I gotta tell you, the lore of The Witcher one, and that's really something I can't recommend. I played through a majority of The Witcher one and then just gave up mm-hmm. on it having given up that 40, 50 hours of my life and not even getting to the end of it, I can tell you that the YouTube video I watched that was like two hours long that really just explained through cutscenes the important parts of that whole thing to get the lore was much better. And I will tell you where I'm really enthralled is the lore in the books and the TV show, which is roughly the book lore. Like... The story of what happened before we meet the Geralt we know in the video games is really fucking cool. Mm. And if anything, I would tell you that that encourages me to tell people to watch the show or read the books. Preferably the books, but you can watch the show if books aren't your thing. The Witcher 3, though, was really like a Skyrim adjacent that I really fucking dug. And I actually look forward to playing through that again. Witcher 1 and 2 could not be different from each other and are not close enough in line to be all that popular among console gamers. And it is no surprise to me that The Witcher 2 fucking tanked on Xbox 360. Mm. They basically gave that game away and it came out at a retail price of 30 and didn't sell mm-hmm. well. So, um, moving on. Um, so, Halo Infinite is on the horizon, right. right? We got about six months. Eh, probably realistically more like four months. Uh, November. Um, and I've been playing through the Master Chief Collection. Played through with my daughter Halo 1 on Heroic and Co-op I talked mm-hmm. about. Now we started Halo 2. Oh. Trees, did you play Halo 2? I played all the, I played all the Halos up until 4, I want to say. Okay. So I've played mm-hmm. all of them. I played Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST, Reach, That's what I played. and 4 and 5. Okay. Um, so my daughter is playing through these with me. Um, she really liked Halo. Um, and she liked the difficulty of um, Heroic because she likes to get super aggro and into people's faces. Oh. Halo 2, we started off, and that first mission, I think it's in New Mombasa, mm-hmm. is just... You get ambushed real fast and real hard, and we were on Heroic, and she wasn't having fun. So we canceled out. We started on Normal, and even though it was easier, she was having more fun because she was enjoying killing the bad guys more, and we were dying less. I was going to say, and that's an enjoyable level. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. They took, if I remember what you're talking about, they, they definitely took that sort of, like, space fight from the first game where it was all sort of open mm-hmm. and really it, it like put it down on this like insurgent street sort of battle. 
like very close yeah, you're thinking quarters, of the, right? Yeah, the 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 main ambush in like the the main thoroughfare or something. It's like on a corner block. But it's just it's just a, it's such a different yeah. setting than that you were used to from the first Halo game that it really mm-hmm. left an impression when when you played Halo Two in the beginning. Doesn't stay like that, of course. Yes. But when you first no, play it, you're no, like, "This but... is the greatest thing ever." You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it has a really strong opening, and I dig that. And you can tell, mm-hmm. like, I won't go over the story of Halo 2's no. struggle development, but you can tell that's where the effort was, and it shows. Mm-hmm. And um, the cool thing about Halo 2 on the Master Chief Collection is they've got all those really cool new cutscenes. They basically said, we understand that the story didn't make a whole lot of sense in Halo 2. And so they retconned it, basically, and made cutscenes to help deliver the story that Bungie originally intended. And so that works. But we dropped it down to normal, and we've played through about half of the game. And my daughter, in true fashion was not keen on becoming the arbiter. She was like, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm master chief. And I was like, no, we're going to be the arbiter now for a while. And it's tough because you're covenant fighting covenant. And it's hard to tell people apart. There are times where they're on your side. There are times where they're not. I got to give it to her. Like it's a little goofy. And then just some of the sequences you're doing, like when you're blowing off the, uh, weird ritualistic totem levels mm-hmm. which are fucking awesome to play in multiplayer but they suck in single player you know and you're like fighting you're the arbiter and you're fighting like the person who like betrayed the arbiters and you're fighting around with him and a lot of times you're not supposed to fight him you're just supposed to chase after him and stuff like that like the design of halo 2 is fundamentally flawed in many ways And even though I didn't love Halo 1 going back to it after so long, I can see why it was so influential and so positive back in the day, aside from the fact that I played it back in the day. Halo 2, I remember having kind of a bad taste in my mouth about and replaying it now being about halfway through it. I think there there are two missions you can only play solo. And so we start on mission three in co-op. And I think we're on mission like nine. And so we're getting pretty close. I think there's 15 in the whole game. And so we're pretty close to... We're, we're roughly halfway through, I would say. Um, and, well, I guess we're 9 out of 13, but whatever. Um, but, no, we're 7 out of 13. So, yeah, we're, like, just over halfway through. But you start to see just the flaws in all of it. But what I'll give them is the way they make the story one cohesive whole is pretty impressive. So if you've never played Halo 2, or if you're going back to it uh, in prep for in Infinite, perchance, mm-hmm. um, you really got to see the cool shit that was done in the Master Chief Collection to make the story cohesive. Because I don't remember that story being very strong. I remember... Um, uh, there is like a team, I think they're called like infinity or something that does the multiplayer maps. And then I think they did a lot of the cutscenes for halo two and they went in and, and kind of redid halo two with the original Bungie vision. And they've done a really good job from cutscenes because both my wife and daughter can follow the plot very well, uh, in what is kind of a convoluted Mm -hmm. plot. 
And so Halo 2 hasn't been great to play through, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's a little bit of more... That new Mombasa level at the beginning is great, yeah. but it's a little bit more of the same and there's a lot of weird like waiting and long elevators and triggering and slow stifled spawns that like i just didn't dig and it and it um ends horribly oh yeah it's a brute fight that's a joke and then you it, a- and we even saw that with the arbiter when you're fighting that guy who's like the betrayer yeah. My daughter saw him, and maybe this was just a co-op flaw that I never noticed because when I played through it, it was single player. But it's my daughter and I, okay? We're both the Arbiter. We've both kept our our swords ready to go, like our, our one-kill swords. Right. And we've kept them uh, at reserve, so we've got them ready to go. And that boss battle starts where he throws down the holograms where there's three of him. And I walk up towards one it disappears my daughter walks up to the other and slashes him and he dies and the cutscene triggers and we beat the level and kill him Hmm. and i was like she was like that's it i'm awesome i'm awesome and i was like yes you are and i was like but they should have given you something to do i don't like i I don't remember much about halo 2 right i remember the arbiter i remember that first level um and then i remember the little shop of horrors plant um grabs yes. you and then i remember it being a yes. cliffhanger and you had to wait a very long time for three and uh yes in the plant thing and i couldn't so, get over i could not get over yeah that. no the audrey too yeah we we are about to get to the audrey too and my daughter my daughter even said like when she saw them spawn with the arbiter missions she goes oh the flood's back I was like, yeah, the flood's in everything. And she goes, oh, okay. But I keep saying this, and she is eager. And I'm like, but wait till Halo 3. <clears throat> Halo 3 is going to make up for mm-hmm. this. And it does. It really does. Halo 3 is quite possibly one of the best crafted campaigns of last generation. Oh, yeah. I don't. It's like, been so long since I've played them. Just trust me, Halo 3 is fucking tits. I the, I remember ODST the most, I think, out of all of them. ODST was kind of weak in the story front, but it was great gameplay-wise. No, play wait. Wise. No, no. Scrap that. I remember Reach being mm. my favorite. That one was really mm. solid. Reach is right up there with And Halo can't 3. you... They, they pulled the Rogue One New Hope with, with Reach. Like, Reach leads right in the halo one like yes you, it's the fall of like, like but i mean cutscene for cutscene you could just stitch those, the yeah because yes. it, it goes to the pillar you of could autumn splice the helmet falling with the yeah exactly. yeah it goes right to the pillar of autumn from the first one yeah that that was dope that was that was good i like that yeah and in the master chief collection they recommend you play reach first like it's high and it's it's the highest oh really list yeah but when my daughter and i played through halo reach wasn't out yet but <laughs> now yeah it sits at the top um but yeah so halo 2 not great but playing through it enjoying it um they have the they have cool new plot devices though to keep that plot straight and uh my wife was just like yeah i blocked out a lot of this stuff and i was like yeah that happens a lot but even she was like oh yeah i played through halo 3 with your dad because my wife and i my wife played halo before i even knew her Mm. like 
my wife and I, Halo co-op is like one of our big things. Like, um, and so it's, and now she's not so into video games, but it is very amusing to her and very endearing to her to watch me and Autumn play through them. Yeah. And my daughter loves the fucking Halo games. Um, so she's enjoying it. She, she doesn't like a lot of mainstream games. She's a real Minecraft Roblox person. And so she's very much into playing those games with me. So that's cool. But, um, and then, uh, so then the next thing I did was on Saturday, I said, okay, I'm going to start doing something. I think Eurogamer used to do this or still does this. It was called the Saturday Crapshoot. And this is when you go, okay, whatever games I'm working on right now, I put them aside and I just jump into random games. I'm not sure how I feel okay. about them. So the first one I did was Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. Are you familiar with this game? Mm, I mean, Wonder Boy, yeah, but not what, not Dragon's Trap okay. or whatever. So Dragon's Trap uh, was Wonder Boy 3 on the Master System, which we got it here, but nobody played it. Um, I believe it's known as the Dynastic Hero on PC Engine. And again, that's a Japan-only mm. thing. I could be wrong about that, though. It might be a different Wonder Boy game. Um, the Europeans really dig the Dragon's Trap. Yeah. And it never really caught any traction here. It didn't sell well on the Master System. They released it on um, Virtual Console here. Didn't sell well. <laughs> and then Lizard Cube is a new developer. They're, they also did Streets of Rage 4, I believe. They're big Sega fans. And, of course, they adore Wonder Boy because Wonder Boy is, like... In Europe, it's like a quintessential franchise. And they made a hand-drawn version of Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Okay, Trap. I remember that. Yeah, and you could switch back and yeah. forth between the original graphics and the new hand-drawn graphics, which the hand-drawn graphics Lizard Cube did are uh, amazing. And it's really funny because my daughter, who's been playing Halo 1, now Halo 2 with me, and you can press the select button or whatever that button is and toggle back and forth. And then she saw me doing it with the Dragon's Trap. My daughter's starting to freak out, and she thinks there's like a low-res button on everything, like a D-make button. And I'm like, no, it's only on a handful of games. Um, but, uh, But I started playing that, and that game is like an original 1987 Metroidvania coming out at the time of Metroid. But in my opinion, way better than Metroid at being a Metroidvania. And it's basically the story of, like, it uses the Wonder Boy or Adventure Island concept originally, but it, again, makes it makes it more like a Metroidvania. So it's an open map. You can only get to and from places based off of your abilities. And you start out, you're fighting these dragon kings. And when you fight the original dragon, you get turned into, like, a lizard boy. And then you got to go through as the lizard boy, the fire breathing lizard boy, and you make your way through a bunch of levels and you eventually beat a boss and then you become mouse boy. And then you're like this little mouse and the mouse has special abilities like being able to climb on walls and he's like Grant Dynasty in Castlevania three. And so he's like just a climber. He's, he's a, he's a parkour dude. And, um, 
and you can get to certain places with the mouse. And then eventually you beat that and you become Piranha Boy, which is like a fish boy. And he could swim. And there have been places where you were in water and couldn't swim. So now you can swim and things like that. And then the whole way you're doing regular RPG stuff where you can like upgrade your shield and your armor and your sword and different shield armor and swords and different shops and stuff give you different things. And you're also collecting heart containers a la Zelda. And you're also like upgrading your your stats and everything. So it's just this nice comprehensive game. And most people told me it's about five hours long and I've put it in about like two hours. Um, so that sounds about right because I think I'm about like just under halfway through. Hmm. And I'm enjoying myself and that's a pretty cool game and like it's been available, it's available on just about everything. It's it's come to every console and on PC and Steam and everything. I originally got on Switch the day it came out and never played it. And the Switch version runs just seems great. A, but um, seems to be a trend with you. Mm-hmm. It very much <laughs> is. Um I won't I I won't deny it. Um there would be no uh-huh. point in denying it anyway. But uh but yeah, so I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm finding a couple of the hidden stuff a little obtuse, and I have to use like a walkthrough. And it's one of those things just from like historical stuff. Like trees, if you played the original NES Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you played that when it came I out. Did. But people ask me, like, how do you know to go here and bomb here and go here and burn here and get this? And how do you get to eight heart containers and have the silver sword before you even enter the first level and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I've just played this a bunch, right? Like, I just know where those are. And yeah, you could look up a walkthrough that could tell you, but it won't feel as endearing as if you just figured it out the way we did Mm -hmm. back when we played that game, right? Well, the absolute same has to be... Oh, sorry? You were no, I was going to say, for, for me, that was all hearsay, right? It was like, I think Nintendo Power might have had some tips. But then it was just yes, stuff you'd go to school. Yeah. And, you'd, and people at school yeah, would tell you. Stuff yeah. at school. And I am certain... Somebody tell me if I'm wrong, but I am certain the same is true of Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, especially in European households and schoolyards and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um... But I didn't grow up with that. And so I think kind of in the same way that people get frustrated with Zelda 1 and not knowing all those weird secrets. Like when you look it up in a walkthrough, it's like someone tells you, okay, just go here, do this, do this, and then you get this special item or ability. And it's like, well, that's really cool. I've got that now, right? And I'm happy I have it. And if I had grown up with this, somebody on the playground would have told me and I'd organically know it. And that's somehow in my brain like way cooler than if I look it up on a walkthrough but now that I've looked it up on a walkthrough and I have it like it's almost essential because I haven't pointed out the fact that this game can be difficult because if you die you get kicked back to the main town and then you've got to go retrace your steps completely and if you die in a boss battle you got to go walk your way all the way back to the boss. So it's a little dark. (laughs) Well, here's the good news is that the walk there and the boss are not too bad. If you know, Mm -hmm. but you almost have to die and then find out to Mm -hmm. know, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I got that weird thing where it's like, I went and looked this up on a, 
you know, on a, on a guide. And now I knew that and yet yeah, helped me and this is all great, but it doesn't feel very organic and I'm a little frustrated. And so I get it. I'm going to see this through to the end. I enjoyed my time with it, but yeah, I do think there's a little <clears throat> bit of like, you really need to have played this game in your youth and have nostalgia for it. But that said, like late eighties, there wasn't anything like this up to and including Metroid. This is a incredibly honed and talented group of people who put together a, a wonderfully competent open world game when no one was doing it way ahead of its time. And I am continually fascinated with what was in this game despite its age. And so I do think that's very cool. So from a historical standpoint, I am just consistently fascinated mm. by this game. So, um, and last but not least, Trees, I quite literally dusted off my Philips CDI. Oh. Yes, I have one of those. <laughs> and it's got the MPEG cartridge attached okay. to it, which means I have full compatibility with all games. And I don't remember if this one requires it or not. I don't even know if it's in the instruction manual because I only have the disc. But I booted up and started playing a game I threatened to play uh, in the past called Burn Cycle. Burn Cycle. The cyberpunk thriller. It's a good name. This game was, yeah, this game was produced by the Philips Company. For the Philips CDI, it did later get a PC release, which is where everyone plays it because there's no good Philips CDI emulators and there's only like a dozen people like me in the country that actually own a perfectly working Philips CDI and likes to play games on it. Right. And the Philips CDI is fascinating because it doesn't save. It has no save slots. There is no way you can save. It only saves high scores. Wow. However, lots of the games allow you to save as a temporary point because these are really like CDs where you just access certain parts of the disc. So you can save until you turn the console off. So when you're playing Burn Cycle, you can save and you can restore that save. But the moment you turn this the console off, you lose it because hmm. there is no saving in, in the Philips CDI. Huh. Yeah, it's a weird thing. So, do you know anything about Burn no, Cycle? I don't. Okay. So, Burn Cycle is a cyberpunk uh, genre game, and it is movie based. It is uh, <laughs> it uses live action Ooh. on a background. I would almost say, from a perspective of like, what can you expect to see? Think Tron. Okay. So think of an interactive version of Tron using better than normal graphics. I have to say that the fidelity, the graphical fidelity of the Philips CDI, which I think is 240p, is pretty impressive. It looks better than anything else. When you play Philips CDI version of Dragon's Lair versus the 3DO version and the Sega CD version <clears throat> and pretty much any other version... Dragon's Lair on the Philips CDI looks bar none better than it. Yeah, as much as I love my Dragon's Lair in my Sega CD, it's pretty 
it's pretty rough on the same. It's rough. It's yeah. It's 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 pixelated. Once you get that real sharpness from the yeah, cables, it shows it off a little more. I checked it out yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's so anyway. um, Dragon's Lair looks like what you remember from the arcade when you played on a Philips CDI. So. and uh, just so people know, there is an RGB mod for it. I didn't do it. So I am playing the Philips CDI with the standard S-Video out. Okay. Uh, and it's still quite impressive. So Burn Cycle looks like Tron, where it's kind of like characters on green screen with like very obvious CGI backgrounds. Okay. Um, but it's it's quite adult. So you are in a future where corporations kind of own everything, right? So cyberpunk. And you play a guy who is infiltrating a company when things go bad. The security systems notice you while you're hacking into their computer because back in the day, hacking had to be done on site. You had to get into the building and hack it. And so you're hacking the computer. They notice you. And you have to get out. That is basically the premise that Burn Cycle opens in. And it is very hypercard stack. And what I mean by that is it's very missed. It's very Seventh Guest, if you've ever played that, which I have not. But apparently the best version of Seventh Guest is on the Philips CDI, so I'll find out okay. soon. Um, but it's very hypercard stack, meaning... You really are only given three choices when the burn cycle is initiated and people are alerted to your presence. The burn cycle is when you are going to burn yourself out. It's a suicide bomb. And so um, the computer realizes you're hacking it and it initiates its burn cycle and it calls security. And so you have a couple choices. You can, you have a bomb on you. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can set the bomb, and when it goes off, you die. Okay. Tried that. Then you've got, uh, you can go left or right in the opening okay. screen. If you do that, the guard sees you. You are given no opportunity to do anything about it, and you die. Oh. Or you can pick up your transmitter. And if you do, you go through a little sequence, like a hacking sequence, and then you are allowed to get out. And you're little uh, transmitter headset also allows you to shoot people. And so then when you turn the corner and the guy comes out, you can shoot him on screen with an on-screen cursor. Now, the Philips CDI had weird ways of interacting with it. You could get a controller that looks an awful lot like a Genesis controller, which is what I have, but it is super Mm. rare. The other two things you could have were... There was a remote control that literally looks like a DVD remote control, which a lot of people have. That's the most common. I don't have that one. I have the one that's actually like a DVD remote with an analog stick on it. And that's another way you could play Burton Cycle. I'm playing with the controller. Um, And you basically go through a sequence of tunnels where you follow a map and it just basically tells you, go straight, go left, go right. You know, you're following the map. And when you do, you get these little sequences of shooting guys. But I'll give it to them on this trees. This was like 1992, 93. Mm-hmm. And when you shoot a guy, his guts and entrails <laughs> and everything shoot everywhere in this weird CGI thing and spill yeah. out. So it's just like ultra yeah. violent game for no reason. Yeah. And when you die, you see yourself like bleed out with weird CGI blood and everything. It's like this yeah. weird Mortal Kombat like 
this is what Mortal Kombat would have yeah. become if they were really able to just yeah, run with it. For any young people listening, before uh, Call of Duty, uh, bullets in video games would make people explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like... They were like 300 calories. They, they were amazing. They were just like putting a hole in your chest. <laughs> it was amazing. And so uh, I'll just tell you this. So you go through this like 10 minute sequence and you get to your 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 buddy, your girl. She's a girl. She's a friend. She's not mm-hmm. your girlfriend. Okay. And she's, of course, hot with a British accent. So I think we've checked all the boxes, right? And you're about to get to her and the door closes and someone shoots her from behind and her guts spray out all over the glass door and you just get to see her die. And that's when you use the bomb that I inappropriately used at the beginning and it blows up the door. But you got to get away from Mm -hmm. it. You got to go two screens away from it. Let it blow up. Then you can get near it. And again, this is all mist like you've played mist. I love mist. Yeah, where it's like it's like a website. It's like click to <laughs> yeah. click. And this is doing that too. It's very also similar to Jurassic Park on the Sega CD. Oh, right? Like it's like oh, scene I'll to be, scene, click to I'll click. Be re- returning yeah. to that soon. Okay, so you're gonna probably dig Burn Cycle, uh, honestly. Um, but playing it is a little frustrating because it's a little point and clicky where you gotta know what the designers wanted you to do. And if you look up a walkthrough, it's just no fun because they tell you exactly mm. what to do. Um, so I played through it. I, you know, she died. I got the door open, blew up the door, got to her. You got to open her jacket, find her keys in her bag. Then you get on her ship. You got to hack it. Then you got to go where you need to go. There's this weird shooting sequence. There's a lot that goes on. Burn cycles, roughly two hours long. And you ready for Mm -hmm. this? The game counts you down, and you get to see this timer anytime you pause and save your spot, which you're not really saving your spot. You're just bookmarking until you turn the console off is what you're really doing. You're bookmarking where you're at in the game, and that's important because you don't want to retrace right. your steps because you die frequently. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it goes on a pretty crazy tangent, and it's a decently realized cyberpunk world right it's kind of blade runner-esque with live action and some cool ideas and it's just to me like batshit crazy that this is this weird hybrid between it is the closest thing that i could say is a hybrid between a video game and a movie i've ever Mm. seen way more so than night trap wow yeah yeah it is like the point and click apex right it is mist meets night trap it's mist meets sewer shark it's it's that kind of thing okay and it's obtuse as shit and like nowadays i don't think audiences would even tolerate (laughs) it but it is fascinating to see this exist and i was always wanting to see it and like i think i'm justified in having wanted to see it and enjoying it some of the puzzles are kind of (laughs) stupid too anyone who wants to see this game there are plenty of perfect playthroughs of burn cycle online it's about two Mm. hours long and you can just see the whole game it roughly took me three hours to get through the game and i was gonna record like part of it and footage and stuff for a playthrough and then i realized so many people done it on pc that what's the point 
I am roughly thinking about a video project on all the should we play CDI games, especially once I get into those weird Nintendo ones <laughs> that got canceled. And so I might capture some footage from Burn Cycle, but it was just a weird experiment of a game on a Saturday afternoon, I gotta say. And it was a weird three hours, and I got to the end of it, and it's like a two-hour movie that has some interactive elements to it. There's <clears throat> nothing more to Did it. Did you feel like you um, wasted so. those three hours? There no. you go. That's No, but... I can see why a lot of people did. I hardly recommend getting a CDI or even <laughs> looking up an emulator. Well, and I don't, playing through I don't this. think you have to say that. I don't think that that's a needed yeah. disclaimer. Don't run out. But don't run does, out, kids. <laughs> Get the- It does make me want to go back and play through a lot of stuff, like especially a lot of stuff that's harder to get your hands on nowadays and play properly, mm-hmm. such as The Seventh Guest or... Seven- uh, Mist, even. The original Did guest come out on Sega CD? Am I thinking of that Mansion game? You're thinking of Mansion of Hidden yes, Souls. Seventh Guest was only console ported to Philips CDI. Okay. I do not even believe Seventh Guest or Eleventh Hour, colon, the sequel to Seventh Guest. I love how that's what they called it. Um, I don't think any of those hit consoles, perhaps 3DO, but again, 3DO is about as limited as CDI and audience. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little more popular, but not much. Um, but yeah, Seventh Guest has not only the only console port on Philips CDI, but it is said to be the definitive port. So I want to play through that. Have you ever heard of the game Voyeur? Um, maybe. It's not, I mean... It's kind of like Night Trap, but sexy. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, you're like a voyeur. You like watching people fuck. And like you're like spying on a bunch of people in an apartment building and you witness a murder and then try to solve it. And there was even a canceled sequel, Voyeur 2, that I Mm -hmm. have. It's got it got leaked online, and I have it, and it works Sorry. on my Philips CDI. And then, of course, there's the shitty Zelda games, and mm-hmm. there's the original Super Mario oh. Brothers Four, Super Mario Brothers Wacky Worlds, mm-hmm. which I have as well. So there's a lot of weird stuff I want to play through, and so I'll be kind of exploring that in the upcoming yeah. weeks. Warrior. Isn't that the plot for that that sexy movie Body Double from the eighties? Right, the yeah. guy's like, Actually, I believe. Guys camera his telescope or something he sees him that is yeah there's it's also roughly the plot of sliver yeah the, yeah that was like an updated body. the billy baldwin <laughs> an updated uh, body Stone double. movie that was like a modern yeah. body double yeah, yeah. Right. had ub40s cover right. of uh, elvis's i can't help falling in love with you but totally. anyway uh yeah so there's a lot of just weird interesting stuff on the philip cdi not to mention mm-hmm. trees there are interactive storybooks of the Berenstain Bears, which I definitely have to check out. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a weird library of Philips CDI yeah. games. Um, and I own a decent number of them. Like I own Voyeur. I own that weird light gun pistol that I talked about with uh, Mad Dog McCree. I own a lot of the American Laser Games stuff, the light gun mm-hmm. stuff. I own um, Voyeur. I have a bootleg of Voyeur 2. I own um, Seventh Guest. 
But there's a handful of things I don't own, and they're too much of a pain in the ass to hunt down now. So I'll just burn them and play them. Oh, I own Dragon's Lair and Space Ace also on uh, on there. But I saw that there's a port of Brain Dead 13. Do you remember that? I do remember Brain Dead 13. With Fritz, where it said, "This is Fritz, and you're gonna have to live through him." Or was something. That a, was that a Dragon's Lair-esque game, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like the last of the Don Bluth yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it showed Fritz. He was like opening his, it was like a little weird hunchback yes. dude. And he was opening his coat and he had all these weapons. But you actually play like a ginger that's like, <laughs> sorry, that's probably not yeah, probably PC. Not. You play like a redhead that's like running from him uh, early on. and um, But yeah, it's an animated game, so... I'm looking forward to playing through some of this weird stuff. I am continually fascinated by it. And like I said, somebody who appreciates a good hypercard stack like you do with Mist, <laughs> I think you could find some value in Burn Cycle. So hmm. But it's a it's it's an interesting game and an interesting plot. So Well yeah. But yeah. CDI with that. <laughs> Yeah, Phil CDI. I think I'm going to continue to play through a lot of those. The other thing I want to get back into, Trees, is I have a lot of recently acquired fighting games I need mm. to play through. Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, Samurai Showdown. Got a lot of shit. <laughs> okay. I think I have Soul Calibur 6 with Geralt. So... Mm. A lot, there's a lot to go through. All right. So we'll see. But I think at this point, oh, yeah. Yeah, we should call it. Oh, yeah. What time? I don't, I don't look. Oh, yeah. It's getting, a, you don't it's getting it up know. there for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's up there for you. Uh, definitely. So that's okay. All right. We'll call it. And we are at, yeah, almost three hours. So. Oh, really? It's, it's the week for long-winded oh, wow. podcasts. Yeah, that yeah, was long. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it going. Well, we didn't mention it, but next week we'll talk about the Xbox stuff then. By then. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, we will – so when we're recording this, Xbox is coming mm -hmm. out tomorrow, uh, the Xbox presser or whatever, and our show is going to go live Right around the same time. Um, so I'm sure most people will listen to our show instead of watching of Xbox. Um, but they'll get caught up eventually. Um, and then uh, me and Allie and Andy are going to get together to talk about what's announced. So that will be tomorrow. I took the day off work, nice. man, to just like relax and watch that and do that. I'm sure I'll end up mowing the lawn or some chore, but because my wife won't let no. me sit still no. for too long. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and, uh, and we'll check that out and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's rapidly mm -hmm. approaching. I like it. Gen. So it's exciting. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So we'll definitely be talking about it, but, uh, can't wait to see what's announced and hear your thoughts and me, especially, I want to see what Halo Infinite has to offer. I think my daughter's even going to watch it with us. So yeah, it'll be fun. All right, man. Cool. But all righty. Well, 
Then I think with that, uh, we'll we'll call to a close. Anything you need to say in closing, or are we just gonna ooh, just ooh, call? Ooh. It? I think I'm good. I think. All right. I think. Sure. Thank you. All right. Well, then, in the interest of a ribby the rib, right? Was that what it was? Yeah. In the interest of ribby the rib, yeah. this is Fred yeah. Rojas. Trees saying Later. peace out. <laughs>